I'm going to remind everyone to please go to HankStrange.com. Let me see. i got to put this up on me. Go to HankStrange.com. Sign up for the email list. Lola does a lot of work there on the website. Uh, we send out an email list uh, from time to time. Lola's always sharing deals. We've got deals up on the website, all the different places that you can find us, including we're on GunStreamer. If you're looking for merch from Hank Strange, you can get the Hank Strange patch. This one, uh, this one here is the broadcast patch that you can get. See, it's got the little microphone. This one is what I call my super suit patch, and I have a blaster there. And we're going to be doing other ones. We'll, we'll discontinue these at some point. So if you want to get your hands on those, go to HankStrange.com, sign up for the email list. Uh, I want to thank Harry's Holsters for sponsoring the show tonight. You can use the code HankStrange. That gets you 10% off at Harry's Holsters. Harry's, uh, they make a fine... Uh, as they say uh, in the holster business, you know, obviously we can't show the holsters here, but they make fine Kydex holsters. And he's got a whole new line of stuff coming out, so we'll be sharing that with everyone here pretty soon. Let me uh, let me start. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna start throwing people up here in the thing. We got we've got a full house tonight. All right, so let's see. I'm gonna press the button. We'll roll it here. We'll get everything going. Welcome back All right. to the Boom. strange situation. Make sure you Lifestyle guys subscribe. Smash the thumbs ups. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. For whoever's new to the show, we do jazz hands. Come on, I don't care how macho you are. You gotta do jazz hands. Devin, I better see jazz hands. Rhonda, <laughs> come on, put those jazz hands up. There it goes. We, we are live. I hope you got your big girl panties on because this is episode 602 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Hank Strange, coming live to you from uh, Gainesville, Florida. And um, as I said, we've got Rhonda Mary joining us. She's on YouTube. There she goes. Look at that beautiful young lady. Rhonda Mary on YouTube, right, Rhonda? Yes, that's me, that's Rhonda Mary. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll get into more with Rhonda. We also have Devin Perkins of Trenchwork Chronicles joining us. What's, What's going on? on? What's going on? And uh, coming back on the show, now he's a podcaster. There he goes, Rolando of Latinos <laughs> Locked and Loaded. Welcome yes. to the dark side. Yeah, he's I know, I know. Yeah. That's what they tell me. They tell me I, I just got into a black hole and I'm never coming back. You, you <laughs> are doomed from here on, sir. <laughs> you are doomed. So welcome to the show, everyone. How's everyone doing tonight? Awesome. Doing good? Doing good? Okay, awesome. Great, no, great. No yes. So let's see here. We, you know, Rolando's been on here a few times uh, for Devin and Mary. You guys are here for the first time. Uh, let's go ladies first. Uh, Mary, Rhonda, Mary, tell us about yourself for the folks out there that don't know anything about you. Um, you know, probably, first of all, they want to know, like, how old is this lady or this young lady? Um, let's say that. So I'm, I'm old enough. Oh. I'm able to uh, get a martini at the bar. Okay. Um, and hey, y'all, I am Rhonda Mary. I am a, a YouTuber. I mostly talk about uh, social and political topics. I'm just recently here getting into, I, I guess I can kind of say getting into the 2A community, if that's okay to say. I don't, you know, it's kind of tight knit over here. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm kind of new to gun ownership and I'm uh, a little bit taking people on my journey. Mm -hmm. along the way and my kind of talking about politics learning more about politics and history and things like that is really what led me there um okay also previous situations as well kind of happening simultaneously okay um but 
Yeah, I think so. You said you're kind of getting in. Are you having some problems getting into the community? Are there some gatekeepers out there? What's the the problem? Because all you got to do is just, you know, throw them bows, elbow your way in. That's it. Um, I wouldn't say there are gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I wouldn't go as far as to say that. What I would say is that um, the gun community is projected mm-hmm. in a certain way okay in a certain light okay um and me being a newbie trying to navigate some of those terrains and seeing you know where i fit in and how a uh, gun ownership ties directly to my life and not what's being presented to me is mm-hmm. oh you're a gun owner so you must believe in bullet point one two three four and five mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's more so what it is as opposed to actual gatekeepers. Oh, okay. What light, if you don't mind me asking, um, is everyone painted in? What, what did you expect when you jump? You could be honest. So, you know, don't don't hide anything here. I don't think, you know. Let, remember that part where I said put your big girl panties on? That's for the audience. Okay. So, yeah. Um. Well, I would more so say like like for example. Um, you know, one of my things was, so I really, a lot of my YouTube, the media and how the media presents things to us and trying to decipher, like, is this true? Does this match our actual reality? And so one of the things, particularly with a couple uh, from, I can't even remember where they're from, but y'all know the viral, the recent viral couple with the you know, and uh, Lewis. Um, there's been a couple. There's yep. been a couple. There's been a, several of those people that have gone viral. So the ones on the lawn that are the like the with Boston. the big mansion. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. St. Right, Louis, right. St. Louis, St. Louis. And, you know, I just talked about how mm-hmm. when you have a couple like that, I fully, um, I fully support people protecting their livelihood, protecting their property and things like this. Mm. But I feel like you have a lot of people that allow themselves to be sucked into a narrative and they allow the media to run with it. Like they just make it so easy Mm -hmm. for the media to create these narratives. Right. Mm -hmm. And so me as a new gun owner, when I say, you know, First of all, you're pointing your gun at people with your finger on the trigger. They're walking down the street. Mm. I still haven't seen any evidence. Like we saw people walking through a gate that at the time they were walking through the gate was still up. It was not damaged. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't hear people threatening them. I didn't see people walking on up to them or on their actual property. And when you are uh, pointing guns, when your finger's on a trigger, when you are uh, muzzling your husband and your wife and Mm -hmm. all these things are going on, and then me as a newbie and trying to get other people on board, now I have to break this down about why that's not a good representation. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously that's offensive to the gun people now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, oh, you don't really support the Second Amendment. Right. Like, get a grip. I support responsible gun ownership, particularly um, as a black woman, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. coming from a black community and having to deal with our own narratives about gun ownership. And so I think we have to look at these things from a very uh, balanced, nuanced perspective and tell people, you know, 
the good, the, the pros and the cons in these situations. And some people don't like that. They don't have a, you know, I, I was called blue peeled and all these other, uh, you know, you're not really this <laughs> way. And I'm like, oh, well, excuse the heck out of me, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, it's kind of just more so that type of, when I say like this close knit of who gets to say what and, mm-hmm. you know, can I not be included in this narrative because I'm talking about, you know, the pros and the cons of it? Yeah, I think we're I think we're definitely going to deep dive into this because I think that's a good subject. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I got no, 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 no. That's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I enjoy your enthusiasm. You know, I enjoy your enthusiasm. Um, listen, here's what I would say uh, on the subject of the gun community. There's lots of different camps, you know. So if you oh, yeah. if you picture a big island. You know, and there's lots of different encampments set up. There's lots of different types of gun folks and everything. And we're all going to find like some place that we identify with there. Maybe some of us float around in a, in a few different things. So um, I, I, find, I feel this way. I'm really happy that folks like yourself, Devin, uh, Rolando, Puerto Rican Pistoleros, uh, Lola, Lola likes it when I say Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican Pistolero. Because she re- she came here and wrote it on the board that I have to call you Puerto Rican Pistolero, so oh, or PR I guess PR Pistolero. But I enjoy the you, fact that you young guys are are doing this. Say that again. No, I was going to say you can say it the Spanish way, el el Pistolero Puerto Ricano. Yeah, or, or can I say uh, Pistolero Boricua? Can I say that? I don't know. I, I guess yeah, maybe I it'll be. Yeah, it'll, it'll evolve. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but listen, I I think so. Here's what the point I'm trying to make before we go to Devin here. I think it's great that younger folks are getting into this because you get to set up your own camps, right? And it doesn't mean that you have to walk lockstep with us. You can learn stuff from us. You can bring your own thoughts, your own ideas to it. I think um, the common the common thread is we all need to understand the Second Amendment and what it really means and why it's so important and why that's like I keep trying to tell people it's not really a political thing, okay? It's a right. And it shouldn't be messed with. And then you can, you know, you can choose to put that out in the world in your own way because you are the future of this. And we should be like, you know, helping you. Maybe there's some places where, you know, instead of being real messed up about it, we can be, you know, we can say, hey, let me uh, just show you this thing over here, show you this point of view. So we're going to get into this. We're going to get into this here. So, Devin, we've got Devin Trenchwork Chronicles here. Devin, what's up? Uh, explain to the people who you are, what you do, how you got here. Um, so uh, John's going to get mad at me. Apparently, John Crump says that um, you're his protege. You know, you're go. the Robin to his <laughs> Batman. I don't know how true this is. Or you might First not even all, know who John Crump is. That is definitely not true. I'm not Robin to nothing. <laughs> I made that up. I made that up. I'm just... <laughs> but not... <laughs> John's my man. John's <laughs> yeah. Um, He's a good dude, man. I, I just got to tease him a little bit. I have to. Yeah. I have to. He woke me up in the middle of a nap today. So, yeah, we got to tease him. Yeah. <laughs> um, my name is Devin. Uh, I run a podcast as well. It's called Trunchwork Chronicles. We're live every Friday from 8 to 9 p.m. EST. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Um, we cover a lot of the same stuff that Rhonda covers. Um, political current events. Anything going on in the gun world, uh, anything that relates to the gun world, self-defense, anything like that. Um, it's pretty much interview-based, so I just try to make it a platform that other people can come on and 
either promote themselves or have a real deep dived conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also working with Walk the Talk America to start a new outreach. It's a, it's focused on uh, inner city youth mental health. Mm-hmm. It's called Kids the Kings, and in similar fashion to what Kevin Dixie does with Aiming for the Truth and what Maj does with Black Guns Matter, mm-hmm. we're going to basically take these workshops um, around the country with Walk the Talk America and hopefully be able to make a change with some kids. Okay. Um, I know we had Rob Pincus that's on that, and then we had, oh man, the, the name slips me right now, but um, there was uh, another gentleman. Sid- Mike Sedini. Yeah, Mike, Mike Sedini from yeah. uh, Walk the Talk mm-hmm. on in the past. So you're you're also on board with those guys, right? Yep. Yep. Rob and Mike. Mm-hmm. Okay. Talk to Mike. But yeah. Okay. Those are my guys. All right. Very cool. So, and then you, I know, I think Rhonda, I don't know if we got that out, Rhonda, but you're in Mississippi. Yes, I'm in Mississippi. I am, uh, you know, it's weird because Mississippi, you have different levels of country. So oh. I want to say a country girl is probably by y'all standards. Right, right. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and and Devin, you're in Virginia. I'm in Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Devin's in Virginia. So and then Rolando, you are here in Florida. If you want to just bring people up to yep. speed if they've if they haven't seen you on the podcast real quick. Yep, uh, I'm I'm Rolando, the Puerto Rican Pistolero. My wife and I are, she's Latina Locked and Loaded. We're the Locked and Loaded Latinos. So we really kind of got into advocacy. Uh, I, I want to say it was around the time that Rhonda started getting into mm. it too, actually, because we, we, we kind of saw her and I actually heard about, I think the first time I heard about you, were you, on, you were on Cam and Company, right? A, yeah. a while ago. Yeah. yeah, that was the first time I, I had heard of Rhonda. I was listening to it like driving home from work and I was like, whoa, who is this? She sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up seeing her and at SHOT Show and with Maj and everybody. Mm-hmm. So but uh, yeah, so we, we just want to kind of do the same thing, broaden the gun community, especially in the Latin community, because there really doesn't seem to be too much of a voice. Uh, I know Edgar. Edgar really is the biggest one right now. Mm-hmm. Um and, and he's been doing it for a while, but kind of besides him, I mean, you've got a few competition shooters and things like that and a few other people out there. But yeah, uh, we just kind of want to put ourselves out there as, you know, uh, as a couple and as Latinos and try to broaden that the community in that direction. Right. And then you guys have a podcast. Um, it's Sunday yes. nights, right? Yes, we just started uh, Sunday nights at seven o'clock. Uh, it's about an hour long. So we just started. Uh, so we try to talk about the same things, current events, uh, cultural stuff, mostly within the Latin American community. And then we also like to talk about history and the Constitution. And we try to go bilingual with that so we can explain to maybe people who are new to the United States, kind of explain to them, hey, this is the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Here it is in English and in Spanish. So that's kind of something that we've wanted to do to educate people. OK, very good. Uh, let me see. I'm going to get this comment from Night Train. And, you know, we anyone could jump in here. Uh, let's see. Night Train says part of the reason I think the 2A community is fragmented is because so many gun snobs and ammo snobs. Yeah, that's true. There's lots of you. Know, you got your ver- your various different uh, forms of snobs here. And you listen. And and to go back to uh, what you were saying about uh, uh, you know what you were saying about uh, like to to show the folks out there that there's uh, Latinos here in the community. Mm-hmm. I think this goes with a lot of different things, right? The gun community already has everyone in it. Yep. 
you know, everywhere across the rainbow, whatever flavor you are, you know, there's already gun people there. I think what's uh, been the thing is that, uh, you know, maybe everyone hasn't been standing up until lately. I think lately we've got a lot more people that are standing up. So maybe mm -hmm. it started out where it looked like one thing and then there were people trying to paint a picture of, hey, this is what the gun community really looks like. But there's lots of people out there involved in this. Um, you mentioned Edgar, but I know just on this show, we've had lots of people of uh, yeah. we've had lots of Latinos on here, lots of people of uh, different uh, races, religions and all that kind of stuff. And if and if you feel like, you know, we haven't represented you, we'd be happy to have you on here. And even if there's folks out there who uh, don't completely understand why we're so much about the Second Amendment, you know, you can come on and we can talk about it. So we'll just start there with that. Okay, where do we where do we want to jump in here? I'm down to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. I'm the old man in here, you know. I'm like 58 years old, so um, you know. And you're all you're all young people. What's what's on your minds? What's bothering you guys the most? So can we address the gun snob? Okay. Thing? All right. Ooh, okay. I like that. <laughs> um. I definitely think that um, there is a little bit of the gun snob thing that goes on mm -hmm. um, when you have people just on social media. Mm -hmm. It's like certain firearms are not like good enough, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and even with me becoming a beginner, I have so many people to ask me, oh, like, like, what's your gun? Like, what do you carry? And then when I, like, tell them, mm -hmm. it's like, like people are disappointed because, I, like, I dress like this, okay? Mm -hmm. This is like a little summer, cute little dress, throw-on dress. Mm -hmm. People want me to be, like, walking around with a big old, like, clunker. Okay. Like, I'm thinking... Mm -hmm. The salesperson or the person that I'm working with, mm -hmm. they're usually going to tell you, get something that fits your hands. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure it's comfortable. You want to make sure you like the trigger pull. Mm -hmm. That seems to all go out of, the, out of the window as soon as you get on social media and people be like, like, that, like that's it? Like, that's what you carry? Mm -hmm. I'm like, it still shoots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you want to give us specifics or I mean, do you do you have like just one gun that you carry all the time? Do you do you change um, it depending on how much clothing you have on or? Well, or OK, wearing? so the first firearm that I purchased was a, a Smith a Smith and Wesson. A, a, no, it's like a 380. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to No, It was a bodyguard bodyguard. Mm -hmm. OK. Yeah. Nice. This is like my first firearm. It's okay to have on, you know, every day. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, there's nothing wrong with the. I don't. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. Right. Yeah. Something small, mm -hmm. but like every time I tell a guy that it's old. You don't have a nine millimeter. You don't have a, 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 a Glock. Okay. Why are you not carrying what the police carry? <laughs> Get you a Glock 17. Get you a Glock 19. Like, eh. Maybe for home protection, you know, but how realistic is that for me? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's another thing. And that's where my other conversations come in with women because it's this idea that, 
oh, this is the gun or this is a better thing. And I'm like, you have to figure out like what's appropriate and Mm -hmm. works for you. It's a lot of things to measure it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Devin, do you have a, do you, uh, do you have a comment on this? Do you feel like this, the same kind of uh, pressures out there in the community when it comes to uh, what gun you own or carry or whatever? I mean, that, that's going to happen in waves. Like, whatever, like, right now, what's the big hype? CZs? CZs are, like, the top-of-the-line snob gun that everybody's hyped yeah. about. But I'm not paying $2,500 for a gun. I'll tell anybody yeah. that, like, straight to mm-hmm. their face. Yeah. Does CZ um, have a super-compact um, or ultra-compact uh, carry uh, gun? Does they have a regular it? compact. I don't think yeah, it's I think they have, like, a, what is it, like, the P507 something? I don't okay. know. Either way, yeah, yeah they, they the, probably actually, do because yeah. I think I saw Mac or someone yeah. do something on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's gonna happen. Like, like I've never heard anything bad really about a bodyguard being somebody's first gun. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, it's just yeah, that's just what's gonna happen. It's honestly yeah. a bunch of nerds that get new technology and want to just talk about the old stuff that they probably still have somewhere. Yeah, like mm-hmm. they didn't buy. It. But yeah, yeah. That's my input. I agree with Don't that. Worry about Yep. Yeah. Go ahead, Rolando. Did you want to? Oh, no. I mean, look, and especially, look, you live in the South. This is something that a lot of people don't understand. It's so humid down here. I go everywhere. Look, (laughs) I carry a lot of times in the summer. I carry an LCP, too. It's a 380. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I I, for some reason, I shoot the I shoot the hell out of it. I don't know why, because there are bigger guns that I shoot that I shoot much worse than this pistol. Mm -hmm. But I shoot it pretty well. And and then there are times when I carry a PCC, you know, like a sub gun or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. So it really just comes down to what you've got. And then yeah. other times you have a regular a, a regular full size pistol. Yeah. So, you know, it depends on it just this just depends on the scenario that you're in. Um, OK, so I think if you want to if you, this is a good subject, I'm going to mm-hmm. say that, Rhonda, there's a couple of things involved here couple of things involved, right? Because it depends on who it is on how we're dealing with this. So us, the three of us as dudes, if we're talking to other dudes about the gun, I think, you know, it's a different dynamic than when you, as a, as a woman, you're talking to a dude about the gun or, ver, or versus if you're talking to women about it, right? Because guys always want to get in there, you know, they always want to look big and tough and all that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, we, we always get that twisted. I think... I don't know if we could just put that on it being a gun community thing, right? Because it's cars too. Yeah, cars are the same. Yeah. Cars are just as bad, I think. Yeah, guys, we do that with pretty much yeah. everything. I think. Yeah, anything. Yeah, we get dogs, out dogs, cars, shoes. Yeah, yep. you know, anything. Yeah, and we're always trying to like. Uh, I'm gonna say we're always trying to show off. You know, so depending, that's really a dynamic situation. I think based on who you're um who you're talking to and the way that i look at this thing is like um whatever it is that you feel comfortable or you feel like you can afford and gets you into this thing that's what you need to do and even there's people who don't carry right Mm -hmm. you know so let's start from there even someone who doesn't carry if they're telling me that they don't carry the way i look at it is like i should be trying to help that person so if they're telling me they don't carry my first thing should be like, well, okay, how come you don't carry? Do you feel uncomfortable? You know, what is it? And then try to figure out, like, how can I help that person out if they're looking for that help? 
And then when it comes to the guns, I mean, you know, you're you should just there's always going to be someone that thinks that they're better. If you have a if you have a Glock, well, first of all, let's start with like high point. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a high point, someone's going to think that's terrible. Yeah. But if that's what you can afford, that's what you got. Okay. Yep. Right. Then if you, I don't know, if we go up from there, let's go into like the Glock category. There's going to be someone like, oh, you need to need a sick. Taurus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's always going to be levels of this, mm-hmm. but I think everyone has their progression, their level, what they could afford. And, you know, you just need to find what you're comfortable with. But we can't, we just can't resist it as human beings trying to make other people into us. Yeah. You know? Yep. And I think women have like specific. Uh, so I know as a guy, I'm wearing very baggy stuff. I'm a big dude, so um, I have what I like to call uh, tactical fat. Yeah, it helps me <laughs> to hide things, you know, versus the skinny people. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> you know, th- so for me, I have that right, so I can do certain things, you know. And then there's some people who are skinny. Some people wear skinny jeans. Even the dudes nowadays, you know, wearing the like super. Skinny jeans. So it all depends on how are you exactly going to uh, conceal this thing on your body. And you have to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try to jump into this. Most people, uh, Kathleen Music Lover says, most people can afford a decent pistol. So, uh, and she, I guess she's saying, like, she's talking about High Point, And she says, you can save more money. You know, um, yeah. What do high uh, point typically mm-hmm. Less than 200, I think. Yeah, high point is See, about 150. Now, 150. Here's a question. What if somebody needs it faster than being able to save? Yeah. That's my only problem yeah. with Debbie. And exactly. I had, I've literally had that situation happen to where, like, I knew somebody who needed a gun, like, the very next day for home protection. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a matter of I can save for this gun or that gun. They had to go get what they could get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say get what you can afford that, that you can get most expediently. And high points, regardless of what people want to get into, um, I've been doing this for like seven years. Uh, high points are, in my opinion, decent guns. They're not good looking. They're very bulky, but they work. And then mm-hmm. also high point stands behind those guns. So the first time I bought a high point, I was basically doing these videos. I wanted to see can you what kind of gun can you get for less than a hundred bucks? That was the whole point of it. And so I was like, okay, let me get a pistol. Let's see what pistol I can get for less than a hundred bucks. I found a high point for less than a hundred bucks at a pawn shop. I think it was, I don't know, like 60, 70 bucks or something like that, that I found a high point. Got that gun, shot it, it worked. You know, I ran into a problem when I try to take it apart to clean it because that's something wrong with my brain. I always got to I always have to like try to clean, <laughs> clean guns and the springs popped out everywhere. And I actually there was a couple of them that I couldn't find anymore. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. But high point, I got in touch with them and they just immediately sent those springs out, you know, and I learned about that and they stand behind um, what they do. So, yeah, man, I mean, if that's what you can get, get that. I still have that gun in my collection, um, and then you can move on from there. You know, you can work your way up. So, to add to that, um, I had a similar situation with—I I guess I'll just say—I had a similar situation with Taurus, mm-hmm. and their customer service was terrible. And mm-hmm. I told them, I was like, "You guys have a very nice, uh, you know, affordable pistol, but if I can't send new gun owners to you because your customer service is trash, mm-hmm. like." 
what's yeah. I can't suggest your gun to people. So the fact that High Point is good like that with their customer service and being, um, I guess, quick to fix the issue, mm-hmm. that's a pretty big thing when it comes to uh, new gun owners. Yeah. 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 I think it is. And, you know, there's a level for everyone. Right. And um, you know what? And there's also another thing like it's like with cars. I found this about cars. Some people care about cars and some people don't. But I don't like I'm one of those people that really like it's just not a like thing to me. Okay, but you need so when you need transportation, it doesn't matter. Right. You probably get the most affordable car, most efficient or whatever. You don't care about the color or a lot of ton of features. Right. When you're getting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how some people are with guns. And I would rather have that person have a gun than not have one because they're trying to get. Um, I remember one time I went to uh, Sam Andrews. He I do a lot of stuff with him. He makes custom leather holsters. I went there. He was building a holster for me. Um, and I and I have Glocks. And there's this guy that came in and he's like, oh, I'm building a holster for Hank. And the guy looked at the thing. And he's like, this is for a Glock. Oh, that's for poor people. <laughs> Yeah, I, really, I was like, and I looked at, you know, I was like, listen, dude, when I throw bullets at you with this Glock, you are going down. Mm-hmm. That the whole, Glock. like, this is for poor people wow. nonsense or whatever is what it is. I get it. You know, so but, $550 is just poor people money. I guess. I, you know, <laughs> what? Yeah. This this kind of stuff, this this does happen, like Rhonda said, right? There's mm-hmm. gonna be people like that, but you know. I can't believe I said that in front of you. Um, there's some people, like you said, man. There's dudes. This is what I'm Don't trying to tell him. you. <laughs> and I'm a little. The guy knew me and everything, but he just couldn't help that little snobbery because he's like a sick guy. And I was about to ask, is he a sick guy? <laughs> yes. You already know. That's and Crips right there. <laughs> Yeah, sick guys. I don't know. So, and then there's like CZ guys, and then there's anti CZ. But I learned a long time ago. There's you could get very cheap guns. So handguns, you know, a Glock, probably. Uh, excuse me, a High Point. You could probably buy brand new for around 150 bucks. There's handguns that go up to ten thousand dollars and above that. Oh yeah. You know, twenty thousand. I remember one time I, there was a company that I've had on the show. Um, Cabot Guns, they make these 1911s and they typically start around five grand. And people were complaining to me like, oh, five grand for a 1911, I can't believe it. Really nice guns. I went somewhere and I met this guy that makes 1911s for like the stars, for actors. Like I met him, I was at an event with Steven Seagal or like a barbecue and Steven Seagal was there. And um, this guy makes 1911s for folks like that, right? He said, dude, my 1911s start at like $40,000 and I have to like you to even sell you one. Wow. <laughs> so you can al- you always wow. will find someone who has more than you and you always find someone that has less than you. Wait, is this the guy that made it out of like a meteorite? Yeah, that's what I was uh, going Cabot Guns, Cabot, Cabot Guns, yeah. they made they did make a 1911, but they're not their 1911s are not like that particular meteorite one was 2 million dollars or something, but yeah, I saw that. That was insane. Yeah, yeah. But there's always, you can always just find ridiculously expensive guns in this thing. And don't let anyone right. get you, you know, get it twisted. Let me get this in from Harry's Holsters, who's sponsoring us. He says, people rarely consider a situation beyond their own when recommending guns. Right. So, right. Yeah. Right. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. Let's see. I don't know if there's anyone. Okay. 
I don't know if we got that out. Uh, anyone else have any pet peeves? Rolando, Devin. Uh, no, I don't think see, Rhonda's I, not going to have a problem. She's got some. Uh, she's got hers ready on deck. I'm just giving. Yeah. I'm just giving you guys a chance. <laughs> yeah. Pet no. You got to look are out for those specifically. Huh? Are you speaking specifically about like the gun world right now? Well, I, I'm just talk, like anything, anything out there. What's uh, you know? Uh, John Crump says the guy in the hoodie looks shady. I am. Yeah. I steal his money once a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least once a month. <laughs> Shout out to Crump. Um, let's see. Kermit loves bacon. Says Jesse James. Oh my God. Yeah, Jesse James. You got? Do you know Jesse James, Rhonda, uh, Devin, Rolando? Yeah, that's who made. That's who made the uh, the moon rock guns or whatever. No, 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 no. Jesse James didn't make the moon rock things that I know of. He makes some expensive guns. Yeah, he makes stuff. Yeah, does he? He works on cars too, yeah, right? Yeah, didn't he make Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's like guns when they got married or something like that? Maybe I know he was the guy that did Monster Garage. He used to build motorcycles yeah. and yeah. cars, and he's a gun guy now. But he's a real asshole. I, yeah. I, I'm just gonna uh, say that. Yeah, mean. he's professionally, huh? Lola says he's mean. Uh, uh, AKA asshole. <laughs> Let's just put it there. That's not. He In knows. Yeah, he's a professional. He's a professional at that. Very deliberate. But he makes. So I'll give you guys an example. Um, was it Shot Show or was it NRA that we saw him? He broke Sandra Bullock's heart. She was yeah. caught up in that space know. station. Oh. What kind of man I'm does not, that? I'm not worried about Sandra Bullock. That's really Michael Jackson. Uh, come back to Earth, Sandra Bullock. So I'm not really worried. About it. Dang. I'm not really worried too much. About it. Oh, but, so whatever show this was, I think it was. Uh, huh? Say mm. that again. Michael added. Listen, you know. Have you seen a picture of Sandra Bullock? She looks. <laughs> that that's Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson didn't die; he just became Sandra Bullock. Those people don't realize that. It's the same exact person. If someone was going to play Michael Jackson in the movie, it would be Sandra Bullock. You have to get the super uh, plastic surgeryed out uh, white woman to play Michael Jackson. It's pretty, you know. Other than that, you're going to have to go with CG. Anyway, we're, we're digressing. With <laughs> we're digressing here. I remember uh, Jesse uh, Jesse James at the SHOT Show, I think. NRA. He, NRA. He had a booth. In his booth, he had all these, because he makes really nice guns. He's really, you know, he's got skills. And he had all these guns up on the wall, and then he put these yellow stick-it notes like, uh, don't touch this gun, that means you, MF. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> he just put all these stickers all over all over so like why do you come to shot show to show your guns and then you don't want to talk to anyone and you don't want anyone to touch them but you have them displayed up there but it's not under glass maybe it's like a um, marketing tactic like that restaurant you were telling me about dad yeah kind of like that yeah (laughs) restaurant we have a restaurant here that basically they disrespect you as soon as you walk through the door like that's their theme they'll call you names and stuff really and uh, yeah what is this called um i can't remember it's it's foul mouth something but the food is amazing like top-notch food it's Mm -hmm. all like basically a a a gimmick it's like there's no filters there Uh, that sounds like Customer service trash, guns are amazing. Yeah, I think, well, some people like that, and I think that's what um, 
I think that's what probably like Jesse James goes for. Like there's some people, it's like an NXX, right? Don't you remember those guys yeah. that did that song? Some of them want to use you. Some of them want to be abused by you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Rhonda doesn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> she. I was trying to at least pretend. Yeah, you, don't, you sweet, never sweet, heard of that. Sweet dreams are made of these. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You never yeah. heard that song, Rhonda? Sweet dreams are made of these. Who has a mind to disagree? No. She, oh, oh, I've heard she it. She only knows yeah. Drake. She only knows Drake. That's it. I think I've heard it. You've heard? Okay, just okay. You don't have to pretend for our thing. We're we're a little old. We're a little old. It was old. on one of those black and white movies. Okay, it's not that old. It's from the eighties. Oh, okay. We were we were out, we were in color in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I'm just teasing you, but I think there are people there are people though who like to get abused with their stuff. Weird. Yeah, and I've seen that in the gun world. There's people that there's other people that make and sell stuff in the gun world, and they like to treat their customers real bad. <laughs> you know, they like to fire their customers and abuse them. And the and there's I think there's human beings that love that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, they love to be beat up. Oh, uh, by the way, should I show you guys the side by side with uh, Sandra Bullock and uh, Michael Jackson? <laughs> just prepare, just be prepared for this. Here we go. I'm oh, gonna man. do it. Here we go. Side by side. Michael Jack. Which one is Michael Jackson? Which one's Sandra Bullock? Why are Can We My Friend in the Grave? Which which one is Do you know? Can you tell me? Is it the left or the right? Which one is Sandra Bullock? Which one's Michael Jackson? You don't actually know, do you? No, you don't. And I'm not the only person who I'm telling you, Michael Jackson never left us. He just body swapped with Sandra Bullock. I'm just you know it's true. Look it up. Like, just Google side-by-side side, Michael Jackson, Sandra Bullock. We'll see. Okay, actually, uh, Brian Quick says it's Eurythmics, which is right. Yes, there you go. Yep. Uh, and the juice says, Hank's not old. Just shut it. So there you go. Um, and Harry's Holster says, Sometimes you have to fire select customers. I guess that's true, but, you know. I can Yeah, I don't, I don't think you should. I, I don't think you should would be often. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess if that's your business plan, it's your business plan. And Latina, you, uh, yeah. What are you saying? Yeah, up there? you blew my wife's. You blew my wife's mind. Apparently. Yeah, she says Hank blew my mind. I'll never look at Sandra the same. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is what Hank does, Rhonda. He corrupts people when you come on the show. <laughs> mess you. I'll mess you up. Okay, let's see here. Let's uh, let let's uh, let's start. Let's go on to another thing. What's another pet peeve? Who's got a pet peeve about the? The um, uh, oh, there's the fight between the uh, the training community and like the the gun tuber community sometimes. The tr- oh, so oh. or or I would I should oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or yeah maybe not necessarily just the gun tubers more like the ins- IG. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody's on IG, so I guess maybe that's the battleground where it takes place. And YouTube mm-hmm. and and the training world are like the actual trainers real world. What is the fight about? Yeah, like what's What's the beef? It's that you see. Well, you can see, for example, about the uh, the couple in St. Louis is the perfect example of this. Okay. So you, you get the battle between, I guess you almost want to say the training community and the people who are devoutly Second Amendment. Like mm-hmm. not, nothing, nothing gets in the way of the Second Amendment, uh, you know, pretty much like what you were saying, Rhonda, mm-hmm. where you kind of critique, well, you know, they didn't follow the four rules. They need to be a lot more responsible, and sometimes that reflects badly on mm-hmm. on the rest of us who are trying to convince people who 
let's say they, they're totally anti-gun. Mm -hmm. So it becomes difficult. Mm -hmm. So I, I saw a lot of battles between trainers who were basically like, well, no, they set a really bad example or they were completely wrong. And you see kind of that fight versus, I guess, the normal, either the fan community, I guess you could say like the people, uh, you know, normal folks in the chat getting okay. mad at training and all that stuff. And then you see everyone gives their two cents. And then ev inevitably when you watch videos, you can tell, I think he's talking about that dude and like kind of like trying to contradict them. And you kind of see it sometimes with those issues or everybody tries to critique technique and things like that. Okay. So let's uh, so before we get into this here, let's establish where everyone's at on uh, these folks in St. Louis with the uh, kind of like Miami Vice mansion. I don't know, 80s movie thing that went down. Uh, Rolando, mm -hmm. where are you at on that with those guys? Just briefly. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, we talked yeah. about it. I think, you know, from the emo I, I, I'm coming at it from two sides, mm -hmm. somebody that's kind of new in the community. Mm -hmm. So I'm more like the normal Joe on the street. Uh, gun owner, mm -hmm. John Q. Public, if 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 you want to put it that way. Mm -hmm. So from a visceral perspective, I I could understand the the uh, wanting to defend your home and being afraid, especially like Rhonda said, the media has painted everything as so. You see the extreme of everything, every bad thing that you can possibly happen. So every every situation that you're in now. Mm -hmm is painted behind the lens as this is the absolute worst case scenario that I'm walking into. Mm -hmm. It can't be anything less than that. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, I understand it. But also as somebody who's more educated in guns, somebody who wants to get into training and things like that, I, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have approached it that way. Okay. So, all right, let's but, see. Uh, actually, mm -hmm. I think Trump is actually going to intervene in the governor of, uh, of Missouri. They said, Huh. Okay, we'll talk. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get on that here in a second. Yeah. Devin, what do you think about that whole thing that went down? Uh, Rolando had a chance on a previous thing to get into it. I know you haven't here, but I'm sure you've talked about this in the podcast or someplace. Uh, I have an opinion. Honestly, I haven't given it any attention. Like once I saw the video, mm -hmm. I was like, obviously, people are not very familiar with the guns that they have. Mm -hmm. And I just knew it was going to be a shit show, to be mm -hmm. honest. So, mm -hmm. honestly, I didn't give it very much attention. Like, okay. You, so you me, weren't stressing like, it? Nah, because, first of all, these don't seem like very, very pro-gun people in the first place, mm -hmm. given their neighbors and who they hang out with. Mm -hmm. So it was like, what's the point? And the fact that they went outside when nobody was coming to their house they were going to the mayor's house because the mayor just doxed them so there was a reason why they were marching there in the mm -hmm. first place mm -hmm. so to me they just to me it seemed like they were over enthusiastic they probably just got guns because of the pandemic and they thought that they were about to go honestly this is what i call uh white mm -hmm. privileged social justice mm -hmm. warriors because mm -hmm. like what were you doing you're in a big house in a big gated community like, stay inside. Like, what are you doing? What are you going outside to meet them with? With mm -hmm. uh, uh, Walther PPK mm -hmm. and, like, your most nostalgic M16. Like, dog. That's probably... Calm down. That's maybe what they had. But, yeah, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll touch on that. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Let's get Rhonda in here. We'll, let, let us know what you think about it. Put that on the record. Yeah, was that a touch of gun snobbery there? I, I, no, because both of those. What, I, what I'm saying is, both of those guns are very popular guns, but mm -hmm. you won't see anybody really defending their houses with those guns. 
Right. That's why you can tell, like, there's... Well, there's a couple of things with the gun. So yesterday in the news, it came out that the pistol that she was using... It fake, yeah. Well, it wasn't fake. It's a real gun, but it's inoperable. Operable. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently, you know, these guys are lawyers, which goes back to part of which I think you said... Well, who said this? Was it Rolando? I don't know. Or Devin. But you said that one of yeah. one of you guys said that they're not really like gun people. Well, yeah. they're lawyers and they made their money by suing people. And one of the people that they were suing was actually a firearms manufacturer. And they had that gun know. to use in court. So it was made inoperable, obviously, because it was coming into court. So that came out yesterday. There you go. So, uh, yeah. So, Rhonda, you can hit us. <laughs> <laughs> it so keeps getting deeper every day. Is, what I will say is I don't think – I think you would have been hard-pressed to find any gun owner mm-hmm. who would have had a problem with them coming out on their lawn with their guns holstered. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even with your gun facing down mm-hmm. before you're – you know, the position before you're shooting mm-hmm. on a range. Mm-hmm. I don't think – Mostly anybody would have had anything to say about that. Mm-hmm. Simple. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very simple. I wouldn't suggest anybody not protect their property mm-hmm. or anything else. Yeah. Um, but that something so small could have literally snatched that narrative mm-hmm. from the media easily. I don't even think, I. you know, they wouldn't even be going through the process they're going through right now. Mm-hmm. They can't stop you from walking on your property holstered. Mm-hmm. Like, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go to pointing these guns at people, basically, you know, kind of calling for some type of reaction, now you have a case on your head. Now it's a viral story. Right. Um, so, so here's my thing. Here's my thing to that, right? Like, we always have to have what's, you know, what's called empathy, right? So not... Not that you have sympathy for them, but empathy, meaning that we could put ourselves, we could see, uh, we change our point of view and we adjust that to their point of view and understand how maybe this thing can roll up on. Because we're all, we're all of us here, we're looking at it from our point of view, but these people were in their home, this is what they're saying, right? And we should at least go with that if we weren't there. Uh, they were in their home, they heard all this commotion they know they live in a private neighborhood. They don't know anything. They don't know that the mayor, they knew, I'm sure the mayor lived there. And also I've seen in the news that they were all, always suing people that lived in their neighborhood. So um, they, they had clashes and things like that with people already in their neighborhood. But what they knew is that there was a whole bunch of people outside. They've seen things on the news lately. They didn't necessarily know if those guys were going to the mayor or whatever. And they got scared. They came out. They grabbed a pistol that they knew was inoperable. That's what the woman had, a gun that she yep. that she knew was not a working gun. We don't even know what's up with the that AR. That sounds like intimidation. Now that we know the gun was inoperable, that sounds even Well, I think crazy. that's what she said. I think she said she was acting, acting like that because she was scared of what those people were going to do, and she was trying to scare them into not but what I'm trying to say to you is like maybe we could put ourselves in a position where we think these people were at home all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of people they've been looking at the news right and it's some part of this huh how often do you run to something you're scared of like if you're scared like 
like for your life. Right, right. How well you he, walk directly into that? He, like it doesn't. It's not. I, I know they were they were supposedly eating dinner outside first, so they were on their porch, and that's why they saw yeah. everything happen. So did they yeah. go back Maybe. inside, grab? Yes. Yeah. So and, yes. and listen, now, they 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 put this house together. Yeah. I believe, and I'm not trying to. They yeah. they bought this house um, in a bad state and restored it, right? So maybe in their minds, they're thinking, you know, they've seen people going around rioting, destroying things, and they're like, oh, crap, this home that we've built, you know, there's people coming here to destroy, and this is what they did. Now, me personally, yeah. I'm going to – if there was something all of a sudden happened like that, the first thing that I want to do is get my hands on guns. I want to make sure I have guns and magazines for those guns. Right? right. And I have my hands on that. And I have to assess whether or not, like, before I go out the door, where I at least have the barrier of the door that someone has to come in that door to get me before I go out there. I agree with you. I'm going to go, is there a reason why I need to go outside? <laughs> or yeah. do I just need to be in here and uh, waiting to meet whatever's happening? And Waiting to Yourself. Yeah, and seeing if you're, people you're, are just going down the road, but for some reason, you know, they went out. Like Rolando's saying, maybe they were already out. Well, here's here's the point of contention that mm. I've seen with people with that, and this is where I think, from a tactical perspective, because I always agree, mm. you want to barricade yourself in, and you want to get in the most defensive position possible. The issue, unless you is, think someone's going to burn your building down. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. With Molotov cocktails, if you think that they're going to burn your house down, mm -hmm. you almost want to be outside to prevent them from doing it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem that we've seen, that Molotov cocktails are usually – that's the go-to yeah. thing for, for what yeah. we've and seen look, in the news. Windows so. – I mean this is what I'm trying to say about empathy, right? You have to realize that like – so if you're restoring a house, windows, dude. Windows yeah. are expensive. If people, if people start smashing windows – that's expensive, you know. They've got a. I, I get like, you know, they've got this big brick house and all that kind of stuff. But there could be things that they didn't like. I listen. Even you said it. If they went outside and they were just at low ready, you know. I think I remember uh, Kevin Dixie coming on the show saying that it, he's he's from St. Louis. He said uh, I forget I forgot what um, there was some situation that went down a few years ago. And there were riots and things like that. And he heard people were coming to his neighborhood. He went outside. Ferguson. Yeah, Ferguson. He had, I yeah. think he had a sling. He was low ready. You know, right. that that right. was his That's thing. Understandable. Yeah, and we saw other people doing that at stores. But yes, it, exactly. If we, if we go back to this, these guys um, don't, I, I, I don't want to say that these guys are in the gun community. You know, they live in a completely different world and they're probably indicative of all the people that are right now out there pushing up the price of guns and they're buying all the guns in the world. All the people who were like, we need gun control. <laughs> you know, there's too many guns out there. And then all of a sudden this stuff starts happening. COVID-19 lockdowns. No, the, the cops aren't out there. Then there's riots and then there's defund the police. And everyone's like, oh, I need to defend myself now. Mm -hmm. And they found themselves in the heat of that. They, this is what they found themselves doing, right? Yeah, I think this goes to kind of a paradox that I see within the gun community, mm -hmm. and that is we simultaneously don't want and, – and I mean I, 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 I sympathize with the 2A absolutism. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much on the side of the fence where I am. But I also understand from a logical perspective that we demand that we don't want any rules to purchase firearms, but then we get angry at other firearms owners for behaving irresponsibly or stupidly. Mm -hmm. When there's really, 
I mean, yes, responsible gun stores mm-hmm. give you resources, but if you go to like a pawn shop, mm-hmm. they're, they're selling a lot of other stuff. They don't take their time to really answer your questions or do things like that when you purchase a gun there mm-hmm. versus, uh, you know, I go to two totally different kinds of gun stores. Sometimes I go to a pawn shop because I like the local guys there. And sometimes I go to this really like five-star epic range down here mm-hmm. and it's two totally different things and you can see the guys in the pawn shop are nice but if you go there they're not necessarily going to volunteer oh have you ever owned a gun any before or anything like that whereas at this other store they might be more inclined or they have enough people there that hey this person will help you with that and they'll explain it to you mm-hmm. kind of have this it kind of goes to the snobbery of we don't want any regulations but we also want everyone to behave responsibly well we have to have a balance of providing the resources there yeah and yeah. we also have to sympathize that people are going to do things that are dumb. And that doesn't mean they should lose their rights. Mm-hmm. So as long as they don't kill anybody or hurt anybody, of course, that, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. So they're lucky to hear that they that their stupidity didn't result in anything bad. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Rhonda. I think that's a, a great point. And I also like the fact that uh, Hank brought up the uh, people that were defending, you know, their stores and stuff mm-hmm. in within the you know cities, mm-hmm. um, because that's that perfect example of us seeing the news saying, oh, look at the, these armed uh, these armed protesters. But it wasn't nearly as viral mm-hmm. and as polarizing uh, because of the way they were handling their firearms mm-hmm. or had them holstered or had them on the sling. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, what I mean about people kind of feeding um, into these narratives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want people to uh, understand my uh, misunderstand my point that you know we obviously um, want them to be safe and things like that and I think it was totally fine for them to even step on the front line but sometimes it's just like throwing a dog a bone and then when the media reacts everybody's like why do they treat gun people like this Mm -hmm. I mean you make it so freaking easy it's their job like sometimes y'all just make it so 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 easy Mm -hmm. and that's why I have to come in and explain to people okay well uh, this is not really what responsible gun ownership uh, typically looks like Mm -hmm. Um, and so these were some of the pros of that these were some of the cons if you were in this type of situation this is what I would suggest Mm -hmm. so the media can't run with your story, so you don't end up in court like they are in what they're going through now. Yeah. Yeah. Devin, did you want to jump in here? Um, that I Again, I'm going to echo Rhonda. That's literally why I said in the beginning I didn't give it too much mm-hmm. attention mm-hmm. is because I already knew, like, just from the imagery with her mm-hmm. on her – with the lady and uh, her finger on the trigger just mm-hmm. pointing the gun, like, aimlessly at everybody – I just knew what was already coming, and I was just like, yeah. I'm, I was just over it already, yeah. to be honest. Pro- like, yes. There's so many incidences <laughs> of this going on, and like she said, if we're going to throw them bones, mm-hmm. like we really can't complain about it. Yeah. Uh, not to say that these people are gun community people, yeah. but it's I like, don't think they are. I think we, we can agree. What was going to come after this. Yeah, story. I think we can agree these guys are outside the gun community, but it's that whole question, right? Is the Second Amendment only for the people in the gun community? Is it only for right. white people or black people or men or women or this thing? No, it's actually for everyone in America and everyone in the world should be able to defend themselves. I think the situation here is is close to, to what Rhonda's saying that yeah the media chose these people right 
But this thing yeah, right. happened. This thing happened to them, and we all have to give them some kind of thing for that. Like something happened. They obviously, if they're not in our community, then um, if they're not looking at the videos that we're looking at or having access to the information we're looking at, they're not going to know any way to react. They're just going to react naturally, and naturally they're going to make mistakes. The media is going to jump on that. What happened on our side is we're so desperate for heroes. And when I say we, I'm talking about all of us, yeah. not necessarily me, <laughs> but you know, let's mm -hmm. put ourselves in that category. We're desperate for heroes, and we're like, oh, they can do nothing wrong. No, we right. we have to look at that as like this is a teachable moment. Exactly. <laughs> this exactly. is a moment. Like I told, I remember telling Lola, "Woman, something like this goes down. Do not move away from me. Okay, stay where I'm at." The reason for that is, and I've seen it. Right? You know, I don't know how many people actually out there in the world of like been in the middle of shootouts. Or, or been there to observe a shootout happening in front of their actual eyes and not on TV and all that kind of stuff. I've seen these things happening just growing up and a lot of tactics that people use, but even if you just look at some nature programs, right? When, when animals are hunting in a pack and they, and they have like, um, let's say they have two animals they're trying to pick off, they're going to try to separate you. Yep. That's right. what they're going to do. They're going to try to lure someone over here. So, And I've just seen that happen in real life. That doesn't take training. That's nature. So if she separated, and now, now we know, the reality of what we know is they knew that gun was completely inoperable. Okay? Did not have bullets in it. And she's out there trying to intimidate this, these people in, in uh, the protesters, Right? And, and let's say they were just going by making noise. Now they're paying attention to you. And you're out there trying to pay it. Like, so if someone wants to, like, decided to go over to her, forget about if her finger was on the trigger and all that. She knew she had a gun that was inoperable. So if his gun was operable and hers wasn't and she got close to the crowd and they pulled her into something, what's he going to do? Right. He's going to yep. start right. shooting at the crowd. But they don't know and that. These guys didn't mm -hmm. know that. This couple did not know that. Okay, they did not understand what they were really getting in the middle of. And the least that we could do, even if it's not for their benefit, for our benefit, we need to tell each other like, hey, talk about this. If this happens yeah. to you, if this happens to us, don't go out there if you don't have any actual guns. Yeah. Okay, have actual guns. Make sure they're loaded, they're operable. You know what you're doing. Yep. Don't get in a situation where you could shoot each other. This happens all the time. We could talk about this. Um, there was something that I pulled up from the news where I believe that it's a accidental discharge situation that, that we're looking at that we'll talk about here in a second. But these things happen. Be ready for this stuff. Realize how close, how quickly someone could advance on you. We're seeing that right now, I think, with uh, Michigan. There's the story, just to segue this a little bit, about, um, you know, everyone has to wear masks. This mass situation is getting putting everyone on edge, right? And there was a there was a situation where a guy was going to work, stopped somewhere, he didn't have a mask, got into a fight with an older guy, like 74-year-old guy, stabbed him. When the cops came and, and, and pulled him over, as a female cop pulled him over, he got out of the car and, and kept walking towards her with two knives in one hand and a screwdriver oh, in the other. Oh, that yep. video. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, I'm not going to play the video just to, but you guys have probably seen it out there. And yeah, that police right. officer is shooting at him at close distance and missing him. 
Yep. Okay. She's missing him. Oh. Then her gun jammed. She had a malfunction. Well, yeah. okay, I got a question. But she cleared it perfectly. Yeah, she did a yeah, she she did hey, a tap right. Go ahead. How was how all right, one more point shooting, right? Mm -hmm. How was how was she missing that close? Like the, where were the bullets? Because I was I, like, okay, I, I believe they're just not effective hits. Maybe, but maybe your clothing, like, your clothing could hide stuff, so you could you could be hit or whatever. But that guy didn't look like he took any hits. Right. Yeah. Right. A, a lot of times, yeah. yeah. A lot of times, what I've seen, even with cops, as ridiculous as it is, mm -hmm. is that even cops will grab the keys out of their car mm -hmm. and they'll hold it in one hand. So they'll have the keys in that hand in their support hand, trying to grip the gun. Now, with her, since she had a malfunction, mm -hmm. maybe she limp-wristed it, and that's what happened. She was missing it because she didn't have a good grip because yeah. she panicked. Yeah. You know, maybe she doesn't practice mag dumping because that's what she it's did. It's tough to know. Maybe and she then, doesn't. Maybe the, look, yeah. she's been. She's uh, when I when I the articles I read said she's been uh, on the force for twenty two years. Okay, but maybe she doesn't keep that gun clean. Maybe she doesn't know that, what actually what feeds through like. that gun. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something bad happened to her. She had a full-size gun, and she got four rounds out, and all of those, I think, went over that guy's shoulder. Mm -hmm. And that guy kept advancing on her. He was right on top of her. You could see her, like, swatting off the knife, and while she's trying to, like, make sure the magazine's in there, rack out whatever's going on, luckily for her, she was able to uh, put more shots in that guy and uh, take him down. Otherwise, she would have been done, and on top of that, that guy would have had... Um, access to her vehicle and whatever's in there, including her guns that she had on her and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. I mean... She didn't reload when she tap-racked, did she? I don't think she... I don't think she... Uh, I don't think she reloaded. Damn. Yeah. I can't I gotta give her respect on that, because... No, she was good on that. That's yeah. the toughest part. <laughs> that that yeah, was some was kind of training. Like, some kind of training part. kicked in at that Whoa. point. Yeah. 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 But it could happen. It could happen I, to anyone. I got a chance to... Mm -hmm. I got a chance to see it from both angles because mm -hmm. the first angle he looks like the the second angle where it looks like maybe it's from somebody's like front, front yard or something yeah, like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. He closes the distance on her so quickly. Yeah. And that's one thing I, I will say that has given me a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, more respect mm -hmm. for police officers and just gun owners in general is doing actual scenario training where you are reenacting mm -hmm. these things and you can see how quickly these things happen. Cause, and even um, doing, being involved in scenario training and watching something back on tape mm -hmm. and it not happening on tape mm -hmm. how you felt like it happened yeah. in real time. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, reason why we're all reacting because we all should be okay. used to that, like looking um, at, at what we did and then commenting on it. I remember when I did force and force training in the past, that's what yeah. we did. Someone recorded that. We all did force and force. And he was like, look at what you were doing right here. You know, right. and that's what I do when I make videos, even though like I think we were talking about this before. I don't consider my videos training videos. I'm just shooting guns, but I still mm -hmm. look back at what I'm doing to see how I'm reacting and going, man, I'm flinching right there. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that, you know, because you need to get this in your brain so that when these things happen, you react. You're going to revert to whatever you do. So like uh I get in trouble with Lola for this. Probably not a good idea. Like one of the things you're talking about, Rhonda, for husbands to teach wives what to do with guns. 
training. She probably needs to seek someone outside. But I put a lot of pressure on Lola, and she gets mad. I'm like, if something happens, you're going to be under a lot of pressure. So if you're going to freeze up here, you're going to freeze up there. You know, you have to learn how to take me getting on your nerves and annoying you and still react. You know? So, yeah, and when you look at this, when you look at what happened to this woman... Man, it's a good thing that she did. Uh, she did react. She backed up. She swatted that guy off of her. She got back in there. Unfortunately, from the beginning, she should have never let him uh, advance that much. Yep. You know, but that was that was my thing. Once yeah. she saw that he had a knife, she shouldn't have even yeah. bothered. She should have been up against her car. Yeah. But guess what, though? Guess what, though? If if she would have just showed up there, that guy got out of his car. She said, "Stay right there," and he didn't do it, and she shot him. And yep, they took him out. The- we'll all be saying, look at this, you know, police, police violence. This is why we need to defund the police. She just did this to this poor guy. That guy is advancing on her. She already, you know, in her mind, when she was pulling over someone, right, or she's looking specifically for him, she should already know this guy already stabbed someone. He already went violent. In his mind, he's already in trouble. Right. You know? Right. Um, so maybe at that point he was like, well, forget it. I'm just going to, whatever happens here, you know, uh, I'm going out. So, but we're doing this, right? This is like, nothing is clean cut. I think we need less cops. We need better training, better vetting, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But then we're all saying to the cops, we don't need you at all. Yeah. And then we don't want to get training either. No, we don't want to get training. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like. Um, Ammo's too expensive. I don't want to go to the range. I don't want to shoot 500 rounds to go training or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So and it's tough. It is tough. Ultimately, I think, though, that we're well within our rights when we see something to react to it, especially mm-hmm. if it's a real-life situation. If you're trying to react to movies, I don't know about that, but it's good to look at real-life situations and go, yeah. That happens real fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. Well, I know one of the things, kind of on that note, mm-hmm. I, I watched a lot of Force on Force videos mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, different things like that. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I've been doing lately, too, is kind of on a broader scale is looking back through our history since I think what we're going through right now, mm-hmm. it's not – it's not anything that the U.S. hasn't gone through before, mm-hmm. but I think it's kind of unprecedented in, in a few different ways with having a pandemic mm-hmm. and other things going on. So I've just been looking back at history and historical documentaries and trying to see, is there anything that we can, any lessons that we can learn, or is this something similar that happened? Are we falling into a trap that happened previously? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. It's looking, you can do it with training, you can do it with history, all that stuff to yeah. just kind of try to figure out what's going on yeah, that's and how good. to be prepared. So do you guys think that uh, there's a point in history that we can look at to compare to the one that we're living in? Um, oh, man. <laughs> I, I personally, I personally, as far as like the po- political mm-hmm. spectrum goes, I think mm-hmm. this has been manufactured to look similar to what we already dealt with. with uh, I would say the civil rights era. Even though okay. there, that's not exactly what we're going through on mm-hmm. mainstream media's level, mm-hmm. where they're able to manufacture mm-hmm. these stories and push the mm-hmm. uh, narratives the way they want to make it look like that, I mm-hmm. think that's what they're trying to get people to do. And if you're not up on your history, then mm-hmm. you're not you're going to get swept right up into the game. And I think that's what a lot of people are getting done right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big shout out to Mike from MW Tactical. I see him in the chat. I don't know if you guys know Mike. 
Yeah. NW Tactical. Up, he's, he's here on the show. Um, yeah. Okay. So you're saying uh, that they're trying to make it look like what happened in civil rights, but it's yes. kind of manufactured is your feeling on that? Yeah. And okay. I, I believe it's a play to keep people stagnant and doing the same things that they've always been doing without yeah. actually having to solve the issues that they're actually well, one, the issues that they're complaining about, two, the issues that they're the actual issues that are there um, in, in America overall, you're talking about. Right. Okay. Right. Just like you just like you mentioned, the whole mm-hmm. defund the police thing. Like I, I said this in the beginning, me and Maj actually had this conversation. It was basically like, what are the demands after you guys start asking for justice, yeah. equality, and the funding of police. Like, do you even know a list of, do you have a list of demands that's like- Where do you go from there, right? Like, police, right. Like, we flip the switch, we take off police today, then what? Right, and you'll yeah. see people like try to like have these rallies and marches mm-hmm. and make them look like what was going on in the civil rights movement, but it's like, one, all right, the most effective strategy during the civil rights movement was what? The boy the bus boycotts, right? Mm-hmm. But that was because there was unity and strategic moves being made that everybody across the board was a part of. Mm-hmm. That is not the case now with all the micro narcissism and everybody with the camera wanting to be the next hot video or the mm-hmm. next thing to go viral. So that's just not going to happen. On top of that, like we're so stuck in this nostalgic mindset of we have to do what was in the past to go forward that whoever the opposition is has to see the play and has to go like, all right, well, I'm already five steps ahead of you because you're still trying to do what people who've already died did years ago. Like, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't work. That's Mm -hmm. why I personally look at the black people in the Second Amendment community as somewhat of somewhat of a civil rights movement in itself because I believe we are the basics of freedom and we all under not only do we all understand that but we're able to stay uh I would say morally aligned through any issue that's going to be brought up and we'll be able to play be objective basically and a lot of people grift from whichever side they want to because Rhonda, you'll love this. They only like their flavor of freedom, regardless of what it is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's my rant. So yeah, no, I think that's deep, man. I think what you're saying good. is deep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rhonda, I want to give you a chance if you want to respond to that, or what do you feel but, about what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, when I'm looking at history, though, mm-hmm. honestly, is it really that different? Like, is is it now different from? You know, when Ice Cube was saying F the police or when uh, Al Sharpton came out and supported mm-hmm. the girl who we ended up finding that story was a hoax and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Are like are these things actually just new or are they more heavily documented right. uh, now? I, you know, from what I could tell, and I also think that there is some... Um, book burning that goes on and maybe some hiding of history and things like that mm-hmm. and then oftentimes I've noticed that if I actually sit down and talk to my aunts and talk to my grandparents mm-hmm. about like what civil rights was like what a uh, school integration was like their stories don't always necessarily match mm-hmm. what we're getting in the, in the school or mm-hmm. you know what we're getting from the news media and so I think maybe there's these rifts and waves of us just 
them just having us focus mm-hmm. on this for a moment, and then we're on to, to the to the next thing. Like even when you think about the virus, you know, it's never happened on this scale. But we've always had these, you know, I remember when the whole anthrax was a thing and everybody was freaking out. And then you had where the mosquitoes was making yeah. big Mad cow. And other stuff. Yeah, bird flu. Um, yeah. And so I just think, you know, it's, it's like a freaking roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I don't know if it's just so much different. I just think that everybody is talking about it now. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. So, um, okay. You know, I always tell people that there's no way we are not working as hard, but we're not suffering as much as our parents. And they absolutely they did not work as hard and suffer as much as our grandparents. Right. And we could just keep my going back like that. My uncles were like the like the first. My uncle was like one of the first batch to integrate the schools, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh yeah, we were fighting white boys every day." Mm-hmm. And he says it just like that, and I'm like. You're supposed to be angry about this. This is what Queen <laughs> is telling me. Be angry. <laughs> tweet something. <laughs> but, um, well, I think I think it's where I think it's where Devin had like uh, you know it's I I mean if you know him long enough you'll realize it's not rare. He does this all the time. He said something really brilliant. You know that we're you know <laughs> we're trying to manufacture something to to be upset about. You know, right. we're trying yeah. to like there's a new I think the, the way that you said it, Devin, you can correct me here. But there's we should deal with the, the things that are going on now in a new way because those right. things are over. It's like, is there you know, are back then what they were fighting for was that they that every that they could ride on the bus. They could right. they could sit in this restaurant. They didn't have to go in the back door. They didn't have to do this. You could say that back in those times there was there was institutional prejudice that existed in places, and today it's not institutional. Although there's still people who are prejudiced. Obviously, there's things like that going on. But what we're upset about and what we're angry about, so a lot of us can't even say. Like, not I'm not saying here on the panel, but a lot of people can't say. They're just like, oh well, right. you know. I'm mad. Can you articulate what I'm, you're actually mad about? Yeah, that's I'm what I want to do. Yeah, and and then that way, and then and then here's another thing, and this has been going on forever, right? This has been going on forever. Are the people who you are following, the people who you believe in, are they using you, and in exchange yeah. for the power and the money that you're bringing to them, are they giving you symbols? Like you mentioned Al Sharpton. I grew up in New York City. Mm. I am not a Mm -hmm. fan of Al Sharpton. I've met him before. Not a fan. You know, Al Sharpton, lots of other people out there, um, they made it a business of making money off of um, their people or whatever, people like myself, people of color. They made money off of it, and they gave us back symbols while they got rich. Yep. You know? I just... That's what I wanted. I wanted to add to that. A one-time, like... Okay, just as I mentioned, we can look at what they're trying to manufacture with the uh, mm-hmm. with the parallel to the civil rights. Mm-hmm. You can definitely look at the same time frame in history and look at the uprising of cults that was going on compared to then mm-hmm. and compared to how everybody now wants their own label or niche demographic to be mm-hmm. angry and oppressed about as well. True. So I okay. definitely think those mm-hmm. are identical parallels. Because then it was a lot of the same stuff. Like Al Sharpton came up in that reign of 
Malcolm X, all of the, you know, prominent, um, I guess, civil rights leaders. Mm-hmm. And I think his class was the one that found out, okay, I'm probably going to die if I say anything too real. So let me just monetize mm-hmm. off of this. And that's what Al Sharpton and his class of people did. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're seeing now with all the social justice warriors like, um, and I'm probably going to get flack for this, but uh, Kaepernick. To me, he's a perfect example. Like, dog, you cashed out for the largest Nike check. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear anything from you anymore unless you have put that Nike check towards fixing what you're complaining about. Yeah. Well, and you he keeps he keeps getting checks. Out. He keeps getting checks. But the pro- the thing is, and we keep getting symbols. Like, I'm not. I, I have no problem with people standing up for something and fighting for that thing. But there needs to be like actual solutions to stuff actions that we have to say you know going back to what you said like hey we want this here's what i want like i realized a long time ago i've got to take care of myself i've got to be able to defend myself take care of my family and all that and i just want my rights i just like we should we're not i do not believe we're equal right human beings we're not equal we're born we're all different some taller shorter better looking smarter whatever the law the law should see us equally okay that's what's important to me but what's happening is when you're when you're getting all these symbolic things but you're losing your rights you're losing your right to defend yourself you don't like how do you say get rid of the police and at the same time get rid of guns no one should have guns we don't need the police the criminals don't give a crap about the laws that exist you know we we keep seeing this there's one of these things that uh i had in the news i'm just going to bring it up here uh, really quick, if I could find it, but it's uh, I think it's Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. Um, if I could, yeah. if I could find that thing, someone was talking to her um, about like this whole gun violence situation, and she was basically blaming it on. Um, she's basically blaming it on the NRA and Republicans <laughs> that. Um, you know, the boogeyman every time. Yeah, you know. She doesn't know like the NRA building has basically a for sale sign in front of it now. Yeah, like, yeah, I can't find the thing, but you know, they're asking her what's going on with all this gun violence. New York City, Chicago, this place, that place. She's like, oh, this is the fault of Republicans and the NRA. We're trying to put in gun bans, and these guys they don't want to do that. Well, who's so? Let's let's just be real. Let's just be. It, it doesn't take like ma- massive leaps of logic or intelligence. Where's this violence coming from? It's coming right. from gang members. These guys are fighting with each other. Why is their yeah. fighting escalated? Less cops, okay? <laughs> you know, how do you think these criminals are going to follow a law that you put into effect? They're already yeah. by practice breaking the law. So you wanna put laws in effect to make folks like us who are law-abiding people, you wanna make us criminals now the people who are criminals, who don't care if they kill a young girl, an eight-year-old in the crossfire, right, of some, of some war that they're having over territory or whatever the hell it is, they don't care. What do they know about the NRA? Just tell me. What do they know about the Republican Party? What do they know about any kind of politics other than hood politics? or whatever politics is going on in their gang. They don't know about that. That's not the issue. And what you want to do is you want to declaw me, you want to defang me so that if I run across those people, I have no defense. If that, if those guys are having a, a battle in front of my children and my children are in the crossfire, I can't put them down. That's insane. But that's what we're dealing with with these leaders that are making money off of us and they're exempt from everything. 
Okay. Now, I want to I ask a question mm-hmm. because I, I hear that cycle of conversation go around, around, around. Basically, mm-hmm. it's you guys are the ones that have the guns, so it's your fault. And it's you guys are the ones that won't allow us to have guns, so it's your fault. My question is, when we get blamed for the gun violence, other than saying we aren't allowed to own guns so people can't defend themselves, what is the Second Amendment community doing to help Chicago other than using it as another talking point? Because I hear that all question. the time. And honestly, mm-hmm. other than Maj and uh, I'm forgetting her name, but the lady from Chicago Guns Matter, you've had her on here before, I believe. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. R- uh, Rhonda, is it Rhonda Izell? Rhonda Izell. Rhonda Izell. Her and a couple other people, I don't hear anybody actually doing anything for Chicago. So when I hear that, I'm like, man, these are just, this is just a conversation where people are ten toes down, entrenched in their positions, mm-hmm. and they're just going to use the best gotcha moment mm-hmm. uh, talking point that they have mm-hmm. to win the argument and walk away, and we're still stuck with the same issue. Right. So my question to the gun community is, all right, yeah, Chicago is fucked up. What are we going to do about it? Okay, good question. Um, Rhonda, I don't know if you want to, what do you think about that before, you know, I open my big mouth here? Um, do you have you that know, same question? Do you agree with that? You know, what do you? I absolutely believe that you have people that just want to one up, mm-hmm. you know, the other person. Um, it's all about political cool points and bringing up the talking talking points on everybody's mm-hmm. notepad. So I definitely uh, understand where Dev is going with that. Um, as far as what can be done about Chicago, I mean, I don't necessarily feel like I have the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say is that I want to put uh, responsible people, people that need to uh, protect themselves and protect them, their safety, where time and time again, these politicians, along with the police, have failed them. I would like to empower them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't even, they never get these messages. They they never hear it. You have people in Chicago that, um, you have people that probably have never, ever talked to them about gun ownership. They probably only hear the bad talking points just as mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of those people that nobody ever talked to me about gun ownership. The only story, the only narrative I ever heard was the negative one, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why it was also so important, kind of going back to that um that St. Louis couple, for me, I'm like, no, this, like, we don't want this because I know how I was bombarded with those stories and it made me, like, tune out. That's all I thought. So do you feel like people, so what, people around you were throwing these stories at you to try to deflate the fact that you are in the gun community and you're on your journey learning about uh, how to defend yourself? or Even just before... Mm -hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Even before I became my actual gun owner, mm-hmm. the only thing I ever heard about gun ownership, the only thing was negative. And where did you it hear those things? Did you hear it from people, the movies, news, media? Where did you hear it? Social media, people, mm-hmm. just in general. Mm-hmm. It's all, you know, like that couple, because, you know, to me, they're going to say, oh, you know, you don't look like them. Look at the white supremacists. Mm. Instead of somebody coming forward and say, 
no, let me tell you the good things about this and the bad things about this. And yeah. if you're in, okay. in this situation, why you may need this. Right. Um, and I heard about the school shooters. Mm-hmm. Then I heard about the gangs. Mm-hmm. It, I never fit in the mold of what I was being told gun ownership is mm-hmm. and what their narrative yeah. um, looks like. And that's why what people promote, what people talk about, how these discussions are being had is very important. Mm-hmm. Um me and so I don't know how to stop gang members from shooting each other I don't know how mm-hmm. but what I know is there are young women that look like me that I can hopefully inspire like maybe this gun thing isn't so bad you may need to protect your life one day you may need to defend yourself you may need to help your children if they're getting caught in a crossfire or whatever mm-hmm. um, so that would be my biggest uh, suggestion Yeah, because politicians and the police what they're doing is obviously not working. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think to okay so to go back to what Devin said, I think um, what's actually being done, right? That's the main question that you're asking there. What's actually being yeah. done? Okay, so Wait, I I I'd mm-hmm. say I only have to ask that because, mm-hmm. like I said in the beginning, mm-hmm. that's the circle of conversation that I always hear is that it's your fault for this, which is obviously wrong. It's obviously wrong mm-hmm. that because. We own guns and we support gun ownership that we're the responsible yeah. we're responsible for Chicago. Yeah. But what are we proactively doing to stop being demonized in that light? Um, so, OK, everything that happens in America is all of our fault. Yeah. <laughs> OK, everything that's happening in America or anywhere on the planet is is our fault as human beings is what I'm trying to say to you. Right. So we have to ask ourselves, what's our sphere of influence? Like, what can we actually influence? So if I'm not in Chicago, can I influence Chicago in some way? Um, I think in a very slight way, right? The people that have the best chance about doing something about what's happening in Chicago are the people who live in Chicago. I'm just using this as an example, right? The people who either live there or used to live there and, and now are in the position, they have power, they have money, they, they're, they've, they've got, uh, you know, they're in politics, they're whatever it is, they can shine a light on Chicago and do something about it. The problem is, is that um, most of those people are in one camp versus us. Right. So the camp that those people are in who are running Chicago currently, they're they're in the camp of we will take away the Second Amendment from everyone. You cannot have guns. This is how we're going to solve this issue of gun violence. Right now, if we believe over here in our camp that that's not true, the only thing that we can do from here is decide to make that our sphere of influence. So in other words, we have to decide to go there and then somehow show up. and then somehow take over that thing because yeah. they run that thing. So we have to decide yeah. like, okay, we're going to go there, shut it down, take it over and run it in a different way. They've obviously been running it in their way and it's not uh, it's not uh, going anywhere, right? There's lots yeah. of corruption associated with Chicago and lots of cities out there. This is what's been going on for a long time. These kinds of things are happening in the cities more than they're happening anywhere else. I I, I think um, I think the thing it was uh, I believe that Trump had uh, a lot of uh, black conservatives in the White House. Was it last month or something? And Sonny Johnson was the one that really made yes. a big impact. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I love Sonny Johnson. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and she basically laid it out that the problem isn't necessarily the ideas of the Republican Party or conservative values. Mm-hmm. The problem is nobody is willing to go to the neighborhoods 
to actually espouse those values. Right. Like she said, I can go there, but they don't need to see me as in her. They don't need to see Sonny Johnson going there because that's mm-hmm. where she's from. Mm-hmm. They need to see other people willing to take the risk. Mm-hmm. Now, that means maybe Donald Trump has to go have a rally in Chicago. Now, obviously, there's risk. There's going to be risk involved. There's going to be security risk, but there's really going to be risk of he's going to get trashed. And well, if you're not be, well, welcome, I yeah, there needs to be courage. Yeah, I don't there know. Needs to be, Right. I'm sorry. I don't know if a rally is necessarily the thing. Well, I don't, but you need, yeah. you need to be there. It's more like you need to start uh, conservatives, right. the gun community, whoever it is that we're trying to espouse these values to show the black community, the Hispanic community, the Asian community, whoever feels excluded or is suffering from these yeah. issues that, hey, we're willing to go and we're willing to take the risk. Yeah. Because obviously you're not did only going to go against about Trump going there. Or did I miss like, no, I said Trump or anybody. Well, if someone wants, if someone yeah, wants to do it. something about it, like I've always believed this, if you're the president or if you're a leader and there's a problem somewhere, you have to go there. And you've got to bring your camp over to that place. But there's a lot of things involved in that. Are you welcome there? I mean, Trump's not welcome in New York City, and that's where he grew up. So he's not welcome there. So I don't know if he could do that. Um, And short of, like I said. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Well, the thing with the presidency or something like that is that you Mm -hmm. have the power of the bully pulpit. So the advantage that you have by going to somewhere like that mm-hmm. is that the media must broadcast what you're doing. They have to. Okay. And I think the one thing that you've seen through the coronavirus, at least that I've seen with some people, is that they've had more time to actually listen to what the president has to say. So now they can say, I actually am sitting here because I got nothing else to do. I'm listening to this guy speak. Some of what he says is really dumb. But it's not what they're saying that he's saying. They're making it seem like he's got some evil plot. I was like, no, sometimes there's buffoonery, but sometimes I can see what the man is thinking. Right. So when you put yourself, I'm not, I'm just using Trump as the example because Mm -hmm. he's the president, but when somebody of prominence puts themselves out there, they have to be reported on. And sometimes when you have that hour to sit there uninterrupted, the media can't lie and and use snippets because when you're there, everybody's seeing it so it can make an impact so this is the thing i'm gonna tell you if you're not welcome somewhere yeah your effectiveness there is pretty much zero unless uh you're willing to take over that place and what i mean by that is you actually have to take it over militarily forcibly which i don't i don't think that chicago wants so we could go around and around in a circle with that or i mean we could talk about places where this stuff really happens i think with trump I think being a president, uh, we don't really see that. Uh, presidents aren't really what everyone thinks it is, right? And so if we look at what happened with the coronavirus, New York City, for example, Trump's not the president of New York City. He came from New York City, but he's but he's on the wrong side. So New York City, he's not welcome, okay? that this is just reality that I'm telling everyone. But when New York City was going through uh, was the epicenter of Covid nineteen, the administration was able to put ships on the docks in New York City to handle overflow of hospitals wasn't necessary, right? But it proved the point. That's what they could do. They could do that. The rest is up to the city. If the city is corrupt and the city has problems, we can't do anything about it. So it's the people in the city unless we decide to take it over. I could tell you that in the Caribbean, in places like Jamaica, uh, other places around the world, when I lived in Nigeria, if you have bands of criminals, gangs, you know how they deal with them? 
okay, there's not, the police can't deal with them. Typically, yeah. the police are corrupt and a part of that thing. When they realize that a gang has gotten really out of control, they get the army together, people who have training, they go into whatever territory belongs to that gang, and they tell people, if you live in this town or whatever, and you're not part of this, you got your opportunity to get the hell out. And then they go in there and they, they do that gang in. That's it. End of story. Right. Are we willing? Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to do that in America? It's because there's people in places in America that they're getting money and power from controlling areas, controlling Chicago, places in Chicago, places in L.A., places in New York. That's what we're seeing. Right. There's actual are, are money and power about, like, here. Are we talking about running down on politicians? No, I'm talking about what, what, what's the what's the problem that we're saying? We're, like, what's the problem right now? Where's the violence coming from? This is not like uh, someone bumped into someone. This is like gang violence that we're well, seeing around the, prob- the country. The right? problem is, do we know whether the government is involved in, in some of it and they're complicit in it as well? Like you said, the corrupt police, local politicians. See, uh, we, we started diving down, you know, with what we can compare this to history. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I learned recently is, I don't know if people have heard of the Troubles. That was what was going on with Northern Ireland, the Irish Republican Army in Great Britain for mm-hmm. basically 30 years, from the late 60s up to like 1998. Right. And one of the, without going too deeply into it with, it was Catholics versus Protestants and people that mm-hmm. wanted to break away and become part of Britain or, or part of Ireland. Without getting too complicated, there was one point where the Irish Republican Army, they wanted Ireland to be united. So they were they were bombing, you know, Protestant places and British troops. Eventually, the other side started developing their own militias. What a lot of people didn't know is those militias, they those people wanted to be part of Britain. They didn't know that the British government got involved and was sharing intel to those militias and basically empowering them to basically violate the laws of Great Britain because they're like, we're the government. We can't violate those people's rights and kill them and assassinate them. But if you guys do it as a criminal or terrorist organization and we give you the information, you guys can do it for us. Mm-hmm. So after learning that, it just shows in, and you know, we've Iran Contra and yeah. things like that. Well, you do know, we, we want what's happening in Afghanistan yeah. and Iraq to actually happen in America? Uh, so yeah, are, we that, are we that bothered by what's happening or do we yeah. just not really care? No, let's just leave it like that. Yeah, that's what I don't know. And the problem is, are we already that way and we just don't know it because it's a lot cleaner here? Yeah. I think we're definitely – oh, no, no, no. I think we're definitely there. Yeah. Just like you just mentioned the black people at Trump's rally. Honestly, what's going to come from that other than Trump trying to control a black narrative <laughs> to push his combat to whatever the other side is doing? I think we're definitely already there as far as political parties trying to influence social justice mm-hmm. and social action, to be honest. We, I think we're definitely there. Mm-hmm. I think that's the whole problem with what I call the MAGAites, are, which are people that are blanketly like in love and loving support of Trump without any type of criticism. And I think he's really bringing forth this serious, serious uh, tribalistic era. And it's really scary. I don't like, know if he's bringing no it forth. Check- I think we're all acting. It's It's us. That's making that reaction. Yeah, I'm not saying that maybe they're taking advantage of it or they're able to play it to their advantage. But we have gotten in that way where we can't see the nuance of things. Go ahead, Rhonda. I know you want to get in here. Well, I was going to say I would 100 percent not think we should send Trump to Chicago. Chicago. Mm -hmm. That would be a total. I'm talking about. 
It would be like standard. Mm-hmm. We would be bombarded with so much of the, oh, he's using Chicago as props. Oh, this is a setup to go in and kill everybody in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Oh, this this and this is that. I It is going to have to be fixed from within. Now, is that going to come from actual politicians that are not corrupt? Is there going to come from the people finally saying we've had enough and standing up? I don't know how that's going to happen. Unfortunately, uh, the United States is, I don't, well, sometimes not as authoritarian where they would just run in and and take over a city like that, at least in recent history, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know they've actually bombed their own citizens. Mm -hmm. um, I don't see, I do not see us anytime in the near future taking over cities. I think a lot of what's happening right now is the cities like Chicago, New York, and other cities like this that are incredibly corrupt and have really bankrupt themselves what they're deciding to do is tear those cities down to force the country overall to bail to uh, bail them out. Bail That's them what out. we're facing, you know. So we don't think they're just trying to push, uh, eventually push those people out and basically gentrify those areas. You think they're just trying to take down the whole country, just do it all at once and get it over? No, no, I don't think they're trying to. I don't think they're trying to do. Look, so like we have to ask ourselves, like who's they? I think the difference between the past. And today, like we were talking about, is maybe in the past you could separate this easily by black and white, right? Mm -hmm. Today you can't do that. There's lots of very wealthy black people. Right. (laughs) Okay? And there's lots of very wealthy black people from Chicago. Uh, The the former president is from Chicago, or that's what he was claiming. I don't know if he's Chicago, Hawaii, whatever, right? You got Oprah. You got Kanye West. You have, there's a ton of people. We could keep going down the line here. There's athletes. There's all these people who've had money, who've had generational wealth that are not white people. Okay, and they're the ones that have. I'm not saying I'm not. Well, I'm not saying they're 100 percent running Chicago, but they are mixed in with who's running Chicago. The same thing's happening in Atlanta. Right. Yeah. Okay. so those are the people responsible. So we can't put it as they there's you, you can separate it by the people who have money and power and the people who don't. Right. I think I think sometimes and I can say this from Miami mm-hmm. uh, is I think sometimes a city almost becomes its own culture after a while. So Miami has the reputation of that Miami was built on drugs. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. A lot of the politicians here were very corrupt. They, uh, you know, they worked in the cocaine trade. They did things like that. Mm-hmm. So even if Miami is less corrupt than it is today, that is still the foundation upon which it was built mm-hmm. on. I mean, you so. There will always be remnants of that around. There will always be an old guard that tries to keep those things alive. There will always be a good old boys club or, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's always going to be there, especially in these older cities. Miami's a young city compared yeah. to Chicago. But the good Boston, old boys are not always some uh, some big white dudes somewhere. No, no, they could be anybody. It's whoever, whoever <laughs> yeah, is depending on where it is. power structure alive. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's like the king. Sometimes the next dude just takes over and it's the same power structure with a different face. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. It's like a monarchy. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't change. It's just the person on top that changes. Yeah. And so what we're facing here is those people are going to have control and win no matter what. Right. And that's what the point is here. No one wants uh, they're they're never going to accept anyone trying to come in, save the city, do this. It doesn't really matter. You know, it, yeah. that thing doesn't really matter. Everyone's just looking at it from this point of view, like, hey, this is my city. And you have the people who have and the people who don't have. 
And usually, typically, the people who don't have are shifting around. They're either moving around from city to city, trying to figure out how to do something, or the cities are physically moving them around. But always on the top, there's people, and those people are not always like just uh, rich white people, you know, some rich white Democrats or rich white Republicans. And typically, whoever's in control, it's very easy to see who's in control. What, uh, What political party runs that city? So if we look at Chicago, what political party runs Chicago? Democrats. Okay. The, 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 the attorney general of Chicago, is, is that person black or white? Black. Okay. The governor of Chicago, I mean, the governor of Illinois, what is that person? The mayor of Chicago, what is that person? What's their affiliations, right? Who's in the power positions? Who controls the police departments? Who's the police chief and all that kind of stuff in those places? And do those people have what it takes to actually like, you know, we could talk about dealing with crime, but if there's money involved here, no one's giving it up. Right. You know, they're not just gonna easily give it up. It's an actual fight. And if you don't want that fight in your streets, it's gonna happen one way or the other. Someone's gotta run it. But like, at what point, you know, you know, and I'm saying this myself and trying to figure this out. I don't think Trump should just try to run in and start solving stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you have these uh, politicians that are basically running states like gangs, mm-hmm. some of these uh, states and cities are so bad that you don't even have people from uh, opposite um, political spectrums that even run in these cities. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a revolving door because it doesn't make sense. You know, what's the only way that we could do this without like actually putting troops on the ground and taking over and doing whatever? The only way is also is the other way that we're not willing to do. You got to let the cities go bankrupt. Yeah, you have to let the cities fail. Yeah, they got to fall down. It's a tough thing to do. It's like, you know. the, I mean, the found, you know, for, you know, we can nitpick the founders all day, but the one thing that they did as a republic is that they allowed us to have 50 different, well, eventually 50 different states uh, that can all do things as long as they follow the Constitution, whatever is not in there, they can do whatever the heck they want. Mm-hmm. And that lets you prove who's right and who's wrong. And it's almost like the free market of ideas. That's what it is. It's yeah. the free market of ideas. And you'd say if California wants to try to go as socialistic as they can within the parameters of the Constitution, they can do that. Maybe it'll work. If it does, awesome. We learn from California. If it doesn't, it's a disaster. But are we but, willing to do it? That's the question. Are we willing to do it? Then, well, it's a too then, big to fail question, isn't it? Yeah. And then, but even if we start talking about all of these um, cities and states that are stepping outside of the Constitution. That's the problem. And you have so many regular people that don't have the money and they don't have the time to take these things up to a Supreme Court level. So I know people like to get, you know, mm. this goes back to Twitter fingers again. Mm. People like to, you know, get online and blame these citizens. But sometimes, no. like, the options are so few, and some of these uh, cities, they're just so run down, and it's so corrupted, mm-hmm. and it's like it's no freaking way out. And you do have people that are asking for help, asking for change, but what, you know, even you look at these uh, governors and mayors that are using these uh, uh, this COVID-19 to take power. How are you going to fight these executive orders? Who... 
are the essential mothers, essential workers, mothers that are trying to uh, keep some money and feed their kids and trying to make rent for next month? Are they going to fight these things up to the Supreme Court? Like who, you know? So I just I think that so with the Supreme Court, the uh, if we're talking here specifically about uh, gun issues or Second Amendment issues, the Supreme Court's refusing to take that. And the ultimate place that that leads us to is um, here's what happens. You're going to have to fight. Yeah, that's the bottom line. We're going to come to that point where no, no, no. I'm talking about. Actually, no, no. no, I'm not talking about. No, talking I'm, about not, conflict. I'm not talking about political. I'm talking about actually fight. Yeah. Okay. I'm with it. Yeah. yeah. The problem, like, you know, we've had it really good. This is why I was saying that we're not working as hard as our parents and so on. We have a lot That's of time hard. on our hands. We're not really suffering. We're finding a lot of things to be mad about. Okay, this person did it to me because I'm black. No, they did that to me because I'm white. If I'm the white man, I'm, a, I'm, I'm under pressure. I'm under stress. Everyone hates me. If I'm the black man, everyone hates me. I'm under. That's because we got a lot of time for that. It's not to say that yeah. the problems don't exist, but we have a lot of time for that, okay? And we have a lot of luxuries. Nobody wants to give up Netflix and chill, okay? No one wants to give up their nice, cushy life that they're living to say, oh, I'm going to fight. But at some point, you're going to have to either decide, okay, what they're doing is basically squeezing and choking the Second Amendment to death, and I'm done with that, and I'm not accepting it anymore. I'm not going to comply. And if they come, if they come at me, I'm gonna fight about it. Now, don't fight stupid. <laughs> it's the it's yeah. the thing we're trying to say to that couple in the beginning. Don't fight stupid. Be organized. Here, here's the one thing that's always been difficult about being on the right, being conservative, being for freedom, is that the left believes in collectivism. So they will always have the advantage that they can get a ton of people to unite under one cause. Whereas on the side of freedom, conservatism, libertarianism, it's like herding cats. Because a lot of people will be like, I have my bunker, I've got my guns. I was responsible. If you guys go down in flames, not my problem. Without thinking of, well, you have to care about the United States too, because you might be alive in a bunker, but you're alive in a bunker in the middle of now a country that's become communist mm -hmm. or in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. Where maybe you could have made an impact beforehand if you've gotten involved. Yeah, and your bunker better be so. really good if you want to ignore the rest of us. I think Exactly. I, I think it just comes down to this question. Are we sick and tired of it enough, you know? Um, no. And, no. May, probably not, right? Because there's a lot of guys yeah. that are my age, older, they're like, hey, you know what? Forget it. All I, I got maybe 20, 30 years left. <laughs> if I die, I'm happy with this, you know, but... The question is, how many people are sick and tired of what's happening and realize, like, no, I can't live in this America where they take this away from me? And this is the, mm -hmm. this is the question that we need to ask ourselves. Do we really want to live in this America where they take all these things away? If right now you're happy about someone, like, pulling down these statues and you're okay with that, you don't realize tomorrow when they've taken care of that problem, they're going to go after another problem, right? Uh, there's, there's, a a lot, there's a lot of thunder and lightning here. Go I have ahead. a question in regards to the statue, mm -hmm. right? So earlier we already said that we don't need these symbols of, you know, of justice or whatever. So my, in my opinion, keeping that same energy, what's the problem with tearing down these that were literally erected in support of the Confederate army that essentially was trying to uphold slavery? 
Um, the, to me, the pro- I don't care. See, first of all, um, I, I was not born in America. I'm proud to be an American citizen and live here. Okay, but so I have a little bit of a different perspective on this. Um, I personally don't care about the statues themselves. I think it's, it's what I just said to you, right? Now, other people have problems with it, right? Because some of these things represent their history, where they came from. And it's like, okay, you're, you're, you're going to take this down and then pretend like this thing didn't happen. It didn't exist. The problem is, is if we are like, you know, you have to, it's, it's like a photo album, okay? Do, do you have a photo album in your house? You guys all live on your own, right? Yeah. Do you have a photo album in your house or is it in your mom's house? Tell me the truth. It's all digital, man. <laughs> yeah. I have, Where is it? <laughs> That's at home, yeah, with my parents. Yeah, it's with yeah, your parents. I'm digital, and then my mom has like a baby album. Oh, and like my okay. All right. What about you, Devin? Where is yeah, that stuff? I have one, but the rest of them are at my great-grandmother's house. Exactly. That's called, the his- That's called history of your family. That's what yeah. the old folks did, right? They can go back in there and flip through that um, and look at, say, do you do you remember this? It's like, for example, my my godfather, um, you know, he he left Guyana and came here to America and uh, went into the army and served in Vietnam so that he could stay here in America. And I remember in the photo album, there's a picture of of him as a young man, maybe twenty uh, something years old, and me as a baby in his hands. I don't have that picture. You know, I wish I, I wish I did. So when we're talking about tearing down the statues for some people, that's what we're talking about. To me, it doesn't matter. To us, it might not matter. But to, but anything when you tear down something today and you replace it with what you think is cool today, what tomorrow will they tear down and replace with something else? So the, <laughs> the, the question of that is, do the statues really need to come down for you to put up another statue? You know, and, and why are we focusing on this symbolism and what exactly is happening here and what happens? So, for example, my mom was in charge of, the, of those photo albums. Right. And she moved around a lot and lost those photo albums and they're gone. And my mom's gone now. Right. So we don't have those. So there isn't something for me to go back and tell my kids, look, this is what I used to look like. This is what my parents look like, your grandparents and so on. That's kind of what we're that's kind of what we're doing with that for the people who care about that. Go ahead. Okay, my my rebuttal to that would mm-hmm. be is we all can ob- objectively objectively agree that slavery in those times were wrong. So, mm-hmm. I get that even if your family was established in the South with confederacy with it within the Confederacy, mm-hmm. regardless that time and that symbolism was bad. Like we don't see, even though there are Nazi veterans, grandchildrens and great grandchildren, we don't see them having yeah. Nazi statues and flags in Germany. Right. But listen- So my thing with the whole Confederate flag and the statues is like, all right, well, if y'all are telling us we, uh, and I'm not saying we, but if there can't be a Black Lives Matter street, then no, there can't be a Stonewall Jackson memorial either it, we have to keep that same energy across the board if we want to be honest about it that's yeah. my opinion. um uh, yes listen i understand i, what, I don't i don't yeah, i don't know where someone's saying that there can't be a black lives matter street i well, think the lady literally painted over it and was yelling like all lives matter this bro that video that, went viral last week well, right I that's that one particular is, person no, I, I think the issue is in washington dc specifically mm-hmm. if you want to talk about that i think that happened in la mm-hmm. but i know washington dc specifically mm-hmm. They got permission from the mayor to paint a Black Lives Matter on the street. 
And then another group wanted to get they said, OK, so you're you're basically that's the government saying mm -hmm. First Amendment. You can put your message on public property. Yeah, that's fine. Can we write on a different street? All lives matter. They said no. So now that's the government getting involved with a First Amendment yeah. issue. Now, in L.A., that's different. She was going over somebody else's. If she had written all lives matter beside that message and the city said no, that's where I would have said, OK, that's a problem because now you're going to what you said. If we, it's all or nothing. Either we have like freedom of speech, either we get to show these things or we don't. Yeah, that's pretty much what it comes down. Right. To. And but, I side on the none of it. But, I don't but, want but here's or the but here's the thing. Look, yeah. America. So either it's all or nothing. Well, yeah. here's the right. thing. America is what America is. Right. So if you can, can you. So let's just look at it this way. You're asking about well, what is America? But listen to because we're a revolving door. OK, but li but listen to this. The American history is pretty short when you compare it to anywhere else in the world. Right. And if we're boiling these people down to just being slave uh, slave owners. I understand that. If we can boil down whoever we're pulling those things down, that we can say, okay, these people were just slave owners, bad people. Okay, they enslaved people. They did all these atrocities. They should not exist. But that's not the reality of what we're talking about here. It's more complicated. And yes, like slavery is, a, first of all, slavery is a part of the history of America that's a young nation. Slavery ex is always existed in the world and exists today. Right, right now, slavery exists. Somewhere in America, there's someone who's a slave, and they probably, they may not look like me and you, but they're slaves of all colors. There's white slaves coming in here, there's Asian slaves coming in here, there's all kinds of people that are slaves, but, it's, but that's a more complicated history than to just say, okay, these people were just slave owners, right? And if you're gonna say, if we're gonna boil them down to that, then what else do we boil down to that in the world? What else do we look to in the world and go, this is all this is all that this particular thing is here, you know, and, th and that's what I'm saying that we're doing. I'm not saying to you, look, do you think that we should not have any? There's places where there's plantations, right? I live here in Florida. There's some places here that were plantations. They maintain things there so you can go there and you can see this is what a plantation looked like. This is where slaves came to. You know, should we destroy that? I'll give you another example. I'll give you another. I'll Honestly, if yeah. black people would have got that land like we were supposed to after the after we were freed from slavery. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't think we should have any of those historical properties. Those should have been taken up by the people that were actually working. Them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure where Not people would have gotten the 40, their 40 acres and a mule from. Go ahead. My only thing about that, I, I think I understand where uh, Deb is coming from. Mm -hmm. Um and even more so probably me literally being from Mississippi. Um, but, but the problem you're going to run into is that it's always a losing battle. Something I've noticed about progressives is it's never enough. And I think that's people's biggest, even just me on my short journey of doing YouTube, nothing mm -hmm. is ever enough. Mm -hmm. um, and so... If you if you just pay attention to who's always being counseled, they will go back in your tweets from 10 years ago. Like everything is a problem. I don't know if you remember, but this was just a couple of months ago. People were talking about canceling Martin Luther King because he's misogynistic. Mm -hmm. He was a rapist. Um, so 
you know, like at like at what point? And then we go into this whole, um, you know, even with um, Malcolm X, and you know, I, I don't like to make the this comparison, mm-hmm. but I'm just trying to make a point here, mm-hmm. right? So like the whole George Floyd thing, and him having this, uh, you know, criminal life before whatever he had going on. I don't know all the story. I wasn't keeping up with all the details, right? Mm-hmm. But you had these people trying to uh, calculate his entire life into that. Now, I'm not, like, I'm not sitting here saying slavery is cool by any means, mm-hmm. not even a stretch of the imagination. However, you have so many people that just are mad and don't even know what they're mad for. I've had, like, I've, in Mississippi, I've seen those flags, like, so many times and never really just had a thought about it other than other people saying, you need to be mad about this. And then people only get mad when somebody else else gets mad. And what I mean by that is that this whole Mississippi flag thing, this has been kind of a revolving door of it being brought up. Every few years, everybody's mad again. And then nobody cares. Mm-hmm. You're at the freaking Mississippi State Fair. People have them on. You're supporting the booths that where people are selling them. People are riding around on them with their cars. So I just don't, yeah. you know, well, if uh, I pass a statue, mm-hmm. if I pass a statue, I'm not taking pictures with the statue. Most of the time, I don't even know who the heck it is. You just had somebody pull down Frederick Douglass statue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm bothered now yeah. because now Frederick Douglass, I'm tied to this history. Now this is something against me. So, like, what's the problem? Oh, hold up. Yeah. So do, we really, just... do we really believe that those were the same people that tore down the Frederick Douglass statue are the same people? I don't think so. Statue? I don't think so. But no, I, I, I think the point that Rhonda is making. Might have been the same. Yeah, yeah, look, I think yeah. the point that Rhonda is. Look, if you look at history, right, the people who, you know that, you know, when uh, before these people came here to America and had slavery and all that, there were some other people living here, right. and there were atrocities done to those other people, right? So we right. you can always sit down behind everything in the world, us as human beings, behind everything. There's some kind of crime, my friend. There's some well, kind and, of crime. Well, we we could we can always we can always find something that is wrong, and if we're gonna just live with that, like hey. These people did this thing wrong, and I identify with that thing that was done wrong. We're going to have massive problems because we're not even talking about the fact that the major reason why we were why why people were slaves. I'm from the Caribbean. My ancestors were slaves here, just like if you're from here, you're here from America. Your ancestors were slaves. If you do a genetic test, you'll find out that more than likely you're related, you have Nigerian and Ghanaian blood somewhere in you, West African blood, right? That's because right. West Africans sold their own people into slavery. So if we keep- Right, if we but keep, that was if, more so religious. No, 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 no. If we keep following, if we okay. keep following your logic, so we should go back, in Ghana, for example, my wife's from Ghana, you met her, she's from Ghana. Yeah. In Ghana, there's a massive fort that lots of Americans are going back to that fort and like, you know, they're like celebrating, oh, this is how we left here. Some white people did not build that fort. Ghanaians built that fort in order to make it easier for, the, for their own people that they were selling into slavery to be sold off to the people that brought them here. And there's literally a passageway that they're like, when you walk through this passageway, you're no longer free. 
Okay, so the thing is, is if we keep following that thread back and we keep looking for what was done wrong, when you get rid of all those people, you're going to have to go back to Africa and get rid of all those people, too. So at some point, we got to let it go and just realize that we are human beings. We're here now. We need to move forward. So, okay. so to that point, what I'm so hold on. Go ahead, Rhonda. Real quick, Dad. So so one thing is. The first thing is I talked about the media narrative Mm. and how the media constantly shift our focus and we're not focusing on actual solutions. Mm. You have kids in Mississippi that are poor. You have kids in Mississippi that need freaking father figures or male figures. The schools are terrible. You have like you have high crime. It's so much. No, I don't I don't have an ounce of time to focus on a flag. I don't. There are so many things that we need to be talking about. I don't care about painting Black Lives Matter on the street. When these boys can't read and they help cycle them into prison systems. Let's talk about um having people protect themselves. Let's talk about getting rid of some of these BS laws on the books. That's like I'm so enthralled and focused on this. I I can't talk about a flag for a second well those things are distractions i think that's the point that i'm trying to say it's like we could sit here and try to figure out who did the wrong thing and who did the right thing and we'll find out everyone did the wrong thing we'll find out we're all culpable somehow if we're gonna still if we're gonna hold each other uh accountable for what our ancestors did in the past everyone's guilty or we can go you know what Let's start from here, like you're saying, and let's think about the starving kids. Let's think about this thing that's happening, that thing that's happening. Let's actually solve that. But we're not solving it. And this is what I'm just what I'm trying to say to you, Devin. I'm not trying to knock you for what you're saying. I'm saying like when we're fighting that battle, we're not solving it. We're taking down one statue and putting up another statue that's symbolism. And at some point in the future, someone's going to come along and say, no, we don't want that statue either. We're going to put this statue. So in the end, what are we doing? We're just we're just moving statues around and we're not accomplishing anything. I want to say this, this one other thing real quick, Hank. Another thing is, Deb, I think you also have to think about how many people that have come to me and been like, why do you even care about the 2A that was written by racist white men? And I'm like, so now are we going to get rid of 2A as well? You have a constitution where it includes freedom of speech. Why do you want to talk about freedom of well, speech? Well, the constitution they- doesn't give you those rights. Neither does the bill. The bill of rights just ensures yeah. what God-given rights that you have are. Well, yes. they're negative. I would have told rights. them, I don't really care what the white man wrote because God gave me these rights regardless. So he can write whatever he wants. I'm going to defend myself regardless. That's what I would say to that. Well, yeah, it's inalienable. You were born with the right to defend yourself. Sure. These people believed in it, but they did they did some bad things. Okay? Well, it's also they, the first time I'm it was like, enshrined yeah. like I, that, I'm not, even, so. I'm not even standing up for one side or the other. My... My opinion is, mm-hmm. no, there shouldn't be statues. No, there shouldn't be virtue signaling. I don't see how those statues aren't a symbol of virtue signaling from back then. It is. That's my point. Is like The people that are standing up for the statues and the people that are tearing them down, they're both doing the exact same thing. Yeah, but the biggest thing they're doing is distracting us. And I think the biggest thing down goes to, are you an absolutist on these things or not? So if you go down the air of, 
I don't care what either side is doing. Mm-hmm. If if they're not destroying anything, like they can protest the statues, they can uh, uh, petition to take them down. It's the First Amendment either way. So they right. both they they both have a right to complain about both. So that's why I'm not down for taking both because mm-hmm. they both have the right. I think if the city says they can write Black Lives Matter in the street. They can do that mm-hmm. as long as they say everyone can write whatever they want. Mm-hmm. That's the First Amendment. The government right. can't yeah. can introduce. They want to build a statue honoring a Black Lives Matter leader versus they've got Jefferson Davis or whoever, Robert E. Lee still up there, and they, they're right next to each other. That's fine. Give us an explanation. Give us a context. As long as freedom – as long as those things are upheld, that's what really matters because they are – like you said, it's negative rights. The Constitution doesn't give us rights. It's just basically yeah. saying – this is what the government is not supposed to violate. And just think right. about this. I, I, I mean, because, you know, I know we hit nine o'clock. I don't know if anyone has to go here really bad. But let's just think about this. No. Um, in Afghanistan, remember, we were looking at people going around and destroying stuff. Now, why do people create things, right? What are statues? I, I'm not I'm not trying to I'm just I just want you to understand this. Statues, this is something, this is art, this is a symbol. Someone creates this to commemorate someone or some event and they create this thing, right? And then they put it up there. And what those guys were doing were going around and destroying all of that stuff. And so if we're living in a world where this is if we're Americans, this is our history. The good, the bad of it, it's our history. Right. We have we have to remember that. So even though I wasn't born here, I live here now. I gave up everything to be here. Okay, and I'm here and I'm willing to, like, fight for this every day. It's our history and we just need to remember it. This is what we need to do. And there's no if you, you don't have to destroy this thing in order to create another thing. Okay, if you want to create a symbol around this, you don't have to destroy that, because if we, if we get into that, we get lost. We- Go ahead. America was applauding when we tore down the um, the Hussein, uh, the Saddam Hussein statues. And then what we did that. Right. And what well, is it but, getting replaced with now? There's some other dictators over there. There's some other. Exactly. You know. Yeah, it is. Now, if you know about that's that. That's what I'm saying. Like America needs to learn how to keep the same energy. Like, are we going to be against virtue signaling or not? I and if we are, then we have to get rid of the emotional attachments to the ones from the past and move forward past them. If somebody says this statue has to go down because the guy was racist, maybe he was Yeah, but racist. What, and what I'm trying to tell you, everyone's not like us. So if you say that, like, hey, I don't care about this thing, there's someone who cares about it. There's someone who cares about this statue and someone who cares about putting a new statue there, right? And so there's people who care about that, even if we don't care about it. People, And this is what happens, man. We care about guns. We care about the Second Amendment. But a lot of people out there don't care about it. And that's the big thing, that while we're, while we're having that statue conversation, we're not talking about the thing that's actually taking away people's rights and actually putting them in jail. I remember in the 80s when I came here, it was called the Crack 80s. Grew up, I grew up in New York City. A little vial of crack, which is basically some cocaine and some uh, uh, baking, baking soda. soda and all that kind of stuff, right? That little, those little rocks in there, that vial was 20 years, 20 years. There was a time when someone actually, there were police officers that actually set me up and put fake vials of crack at my feet and arrested me, okay? And then try to threaten me with that 20 years, and I refuse to. I refuse to. Um, I refuse to like uh, make a plea deal out of that. They try to get me to make that deal before my parents came or a lawyer came, and I was like, "No way in hell! 
I'm not going to do that. And then they threw everything out. And when I went in front of the judge, he was cursing them out because it was all fake. And they were trying to get me to go for it. The reason why I'm telling you that story, today we're living in a world, we are already living in a world where if you have a bump stock that's made out of plastic, it doesn't even have to be on a firearm. It doesn't have to be on a gun. That bump stock on its own is a machine gun and it's illegal. And if you are caught with that, it's 10, it's what is it? Like a hundred, $250,000 fine, which makes you a slave to someone, right? If you owe that money and it's a felony and it could put you in, in prison for 10 years and we're getting more and more of that. And no one's paying attention to those things at the same time that they're saying, hey, we don't need the cops. And the same people who are saying we don't need the cops are saying we don't need guns. You know, that's really what we need to think about, because while we're getting this, like, this is the thing I'm saying to you, man, I don't care, but some people care. Regardless, that's the wrong thing for us to look at, because the world we're going to wind up in here where we can't push back or fight back is going to be a worse world where whoever runs it at the time is going to be able to come in and tell us whatever they want us to do. And what do we we're just going to have to comply. That's the thing that you have to think about. We're going to have to comply. And in that world, that person can put up whatever the hell statues they want. No one can say anything about it. There, will, there won't be a rebellion like what you've seen in other places. Those people will be the ones running the show. And I don't know, man. I think that's ultimately what we need to focus on. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. You know? Um, you know what? We burned through a lot. <laughs> we actually have to do this a little bit more often. I don't know if we made anything better or worse. No, that was fun. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. But actually, I think it was a good conversation. What about you, Rhonda? I don't know. You have that look on your face like. No, it, okay. it, it was good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Let's let's wrap it up Thanks, here. Tom. Let's wrap it up here. We have to do this again if you guys want to. Because I think you have some uh, really good points here. And I think uh, I enjoy when the time goes by really fast. I don't even realize it. So, um, All right. Makes your job way easier. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So here's what I want to do before we get out of here. All the folks who are enjoying this conversation, if you want to keep up with these guys, if you agree with them, if you disagree, Devin will probably enjoy you coming over there and disagreeing with him, interacting with him. I'm sure Rhonda yes, will <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. we'll love it. <laughs> Um, uh, so I actually have to tone back now, to be honest. With no, you. no, don't tone back, man. I think you're doing exactly the right thing. I think you're pretty good. When you start talking, I realize like you've really thought out a lot of this stuff. So, and I'm not just saying that to tell that to you, by the way. Um, I I, I really uh, agree with that. So, listen, how can the folks out there, Devin? How can they get in touch with you specifically? What should they do if they want to? Even if they want to scream and shout at you, what should they do? Um, follow me on Instagram. That's where all my screen matches take place. Mm -hmm. Um, Trenchwork Chronicles. Honestly, if you just Google Trenchwork Chronicles, all of my links go up. Um, Blog Talk Radio. You can catch us there. Um, where else? Parlor. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. All over social media. Yeah, absolutely. Conversation. Okay. And, um, yeah. And make sure you go donate to Kids of Kings on GoFundMe. Absolutely. Please do support this uh, young man. You know, um, I think he's uh, worthy of your support. And you guys taking a look at him. So make sure you check him out. Um, let's go to Rhonda right now. Rhonda, uh, same thing. How can the folks reach out to you, support you? Someone's, the, you know, the customary are you married question, which you don't have to answer. 
uh, is getting asked. Uh, but how can the people find out all the, the answers to their questions that you have? So, that they have? you can find me. <laughs> I'm Rhonda Mary Vietz. Uh-huh. V-I-D-S. Rhonda Mary Vietz. Um, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Mo- most importantly, please give me a subscribe over there on YouTube. I'm Rhonda Mary on YouTube. Super easy. To find, I, I usually talk a lot of noise uh, <laughs> on Twitter. That's why I talk the most noise. So oh. if you if you're looking to be mad about something, looking to you know go a little back and forth, that's why I talk to my people that on Twitter. But um, definitely I need those subscribers on YouTube. I'm trying to uh, get to ten thousand here. So okay, all right, absolutely. So go over there to YouTube, smash the subscribe button, look at the videos. That's the best thing to do. Subscribe, ring the bell on her videos, but look at them. That's the most important thing to the algorithm. Look at the videos there. Uh, okay, let me go to Rolando, Puerto Rican Pistolero. All right. Well, you can find me right there at Puerto Rican Pistolero on IG, uh, Twitter, and Parlor. Uh, and uh, Locked and Loaded Latinos is our YouTube channel. We're like, uh, like we said earlier, we're doing a, a show once a week on Sundays at seven o'clock. My wife and I. Uh, you can follow her at Latina Locked and Loaded on everything as well. Yeah. So here's the thing that uh, <laughs> so here's the thing that uh, someone said here. Let me see who said this. CB said you got to check for the ring during jazz hands, guys. <laughs> That's a setup. <laughs> and nobody's asking if I'm married or Rolando. Well, man, anyways. yeah. Oh, are you, you mar- are you married, Devin? I don't know. Uh, nah, yeah. I'm married to the game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can definitely wrap up on it. <laughs> Man, he's a pimp. His pimp hand is strong. His pimp hand is strong. Listen, okay, yeah, we're going to wrap this up here. I really do appreciate these folks coming on here and hanging out with us, and I hope you guys will uh, show them some support. I appreciate you all as well listening to this. I'm going to uh, run in the end. We're not going anywhere here, guys. I'm just going to run the end customarily um make sure you guys subscribe to the channel smash the thumbs up ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live we're gonna rip this audio from this and put it up on itunes and all the other places that um that you guys can listen to uh, your podcasts i know that devin has a podcast and rolando has a podcast uh ronda do you have a podcast I don't, but I probably should get into it. Yeah, well, everyone should get into this, man. That's I would look. Your show's pretty uh, much like a podcast. Yeah, you just yeah. got to put it out there. Yeah. I, I see lots of. Oh, audio. You have to snatch the audio. Yeah, yeah. take the audio. Out yeah, it's not so it bad. And I and I know there'll be a lot of people out there that will enjoy listening to that Mississippi. What is it called? The Mississippi drawl? I don't know. It's you know a little Mississippi twang. twang. You know, a little southern twang. Boom! There you go. I think people would. Uh, huh. We'll appreciate that. I'll see lots of people saying great conversation. Thanks so much to you guys. Who wants to find who wants the last word? Because I know I ran my mouth. Who wants the last word? Devin? Rhonda. I don't know. I was just giving her the Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Such a gentleman you are. <laughs> not really. Not really. <laughs> He's just pretending. <laughs> nah. Rhonda knows I'm the nicest person in the world. He's married to the game. <laughs> okay, Rhonda. It's that doesn't mean I'm not nice about it. <laughs> okay, Rhonda, what is it? What's the last word out there that you want people to leave with? Um, I just, so if I could say anything is that, you know, be welcoming. Be welcoming to the newbies because whether y'all realize it or not, when we feed into these uh, narratives or when we feed into, uh, you know, irresponsible, it could be gun handling or gun ownership, whatever you want to call it. 
um, that's bait for the people that are looking to take your 2A away. Mm-hmm. And so if you are interested in keeping that, if you are interested in expanding it and helping people understand it, you won't promote uh, the good things and the pros and the responsible gun owners. You want to share the good stories, particularly with people that may not necessarily like you um, all the time, because a lot of times the, the media is not going to share those stories. And we know that's for a reason. And so we have to do our part to to combat that. Uh, so. That's what I would say. And all right, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> nicely, nicely put. All right, we're out of here. Thanks so much, guys. Peace. Bye. Bye, everyone.